Hello, check, check, one, two, testing one, testing two. The human torch was been denied a bank loan. The arsonist has oddly shaped feet. My name is Noah. And my name is Gavin. And we're the Blanchard Brothers. Back with you for another 2 by 2 retro review. We're going to mix it up a little bit. Yep. It's November. Hello again. Um, you know, haven't, haven't talked to you in a bit. Happy Winter Solstice. Happy Guy Fawkes Day. And soon to be uh, Happy Thanksgiving. Yep, right around the corner. Mm-hmm. We're recording this the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Yes. Hope you've been... Getting your cardio in and, you know, planning for the big day. Yep. Hope you got your pregnancy pants washed. Yep. Yeah. Elastic waist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all know the classic Friends episode. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I started doing that. Let me teach you something about the human body. <laughs> <laughs> to warm up my stomach. Okay. Uh, it's November. We didn't put this one to a vote. Nope. Because we decided... Uh, I believe at the Mavericks concert. Yes. On the spot. Yes. I was like, decide what you want to do, and you were like, dude, Ninja November. Yeah, like, sidekicks. No, a no-brainer, Ninja November. Yeah. And it also happens to be a '90s Ninja November. Yeah. So we're gonna talk about uh, two um, kids-centric. One's a little more young adult, adult teenage leaning. Yeah. The other one's a little more kid-friendly, but uh. Movies that came out in the early 90s in the wake of the 80s ninja craze. So yes. maybe we can chart where that started for us. And uh, we're, But we, yeah, we're going to talk about sidekicks. Hope hope people are familiar. I feel like if this not, one it's on Amazon. has flown below the radar for years. But yes, now that it's back streaming, I, I hope people will check it out if you've never seen it before. And we're also going to talk about the third what I'm what I'm now told is the third entry. Yes. We'll get into all of this of the three ninjas franchise. So the third in the trilogy, uh, which is kicks back. Kickback. A kickback. Yeah. Three ninjas really, kickback. It's not about them hanging out though. They're no. physically they're kicking a lot. A lot of kicking. Okay. But yeah, we're gonna talk about those and what we're actually gonna do the reverse of what we normally do, which is we're gonna talk about those up front. And then we're going to get into the laundry list of stuff we've been watching post-October. Uh, so, yeah, we got about three and a half weeks of stuff to catch up on. So, I look forward to that. But we're going to do, we're going to do the ninja stuff up top. Yeah. You're, you seem deep in your phone. I, what do you, what do you, gotta, you know, in all this technical difficulty we had to start, I didn't really do my, my sidekick's research. But, um, yeah, I got a question, though, at the top. Can you give me okay. like your favorite interpret like version of ninjas on screen? Like what what's the best on ninjas screen, on screen? Ninjas. Or like representation. I don't know cuz I'm like I'm not a, what's the best representation? I don't know, that's a whole other conversation. Um I, I wouldn't consider I mean I think ninjas are cool. They're I mean, right. 
they're inherently cool. Yeah. But I wouldn't say I'm a ninja guy. Like, that's not... Right. I didn't go seek out all of the the ninja films of the 80s. Right. Of that boom. My exposure was mostly through these kids' movies, which we're going we're gonna to talk about that. Particularly in relation to Sideways. Or... <laughs> Sideways. sideways. Are, are we doing? Are we doing sideways? The, the Paul Giamatti, Thomas Hayden Church classic. We can. It's probably been ten years, right? <laughs> it was a very strange slip of the tongue from sidekicks to sideways. I am also off my game because we spent a full, like forty-five minutes trying to get GarageBand up and running. But it is running, and you know, there's going to be no editing on this episode because we're just we're just vibing and and we're we're just going to flow. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's just I'm I'm going to say yeah. this. If well, you yeah, what is it for you? I mean, I Last I, Samurai. I, okay. Like but, Yeah, ninjas are cool. We all like ninjas, but like if you go back to them, they're kind of assholes. They're just mercenaries from feudal Japan. Like they're not very honorable. They sneak up on you at night. You don't know they're coming. And like, yeah, samurai it is what it is with its honor code. You have all that, but just that the scene where like the Tom Cruise is like, all right, like these guys are kind of like Native Americans. Like I'm, I'm in with them, you know, dances with wolves and all. And then all of a sudden, like you just kind of see something coming over one of the houses. You're like, what the hell? And then boom, the ninjas are attacking. That's probably like, to me, the most honor, honest, like representation and like showcasing them in film. And it's just a small scene in this big movie about the last samurai quote unquote. But I, I have to say that like, it's probably mid eighties that somewhere when VHS just boomed, and somehow Canon became the, you know, godfather, you know, head honcho of just schlockbusters, like, making everything. It just, we, we came on this ninja craze. And it's not a bad thing, but, you know, we talked about, like, surf ninjas. I was going to say, I mean, if, if There's you like want to talk about my favorite ninjas, I mean. The Quimby's and the camouflage pajamas. Boy, sure. those outfits really <laughs> give them the ability to blend in with their surroundings. Like, those are the ninjas, like... The kids are the warriors. I mean, like Satches. Satch. Yeah. That's maybe my favorite yeah, representation of a ninja, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Which I, I watched all all of the movies that are available on on uh, HBO Max and whatnot of them. Even the second of the reboot one that nobody really liked. Turtles the, out, of, out of the, the Shadows. Bay, the Bay ones. Yes. The Bay produced mm-hmm. ones. I don't think I saw the second one. Definitely saw the first one. Oh, dude. it's it's It just... It's even better. Okay. You got Shredder, you, you got Krang, you got, was good, I you guess. got Casey Jones. Who plays Casey Jones? Stephen Amell. Arrow. If you're not bringing Elias Kateas to the Yeah, I know. Yeah, then we I have know. nothing. Listen, to dis- yeah, <laughs> I have me. nothing further to discuss with you. Yeah. Sequel. That's that probably my one problem. That's my one problem with, with Turtles and Turtles in Time is he just comes in. It's like, whoa, bro. You're not busting any heads. You're gonna hang out with Splinter. Well, it'd, it'd be a serious gonna, honor. Like just yeah, I we're hate gonna that. talk about old Lord Norinaga. Yes, because um, Sab Shimono shows up in this. And you know what I realized is we've done two Sab movies. Mm-hmm. Can you name them? Hang on. Okay, Sab Shimono for for the uninitiated. If you haven't seen Kicks Back, do you want to? I have the trailers, dude. I mean, they're interesting. I, it's not the side. I could not find the sidekicks one that is on Amazon. I almost wanted to pull the out, just like record the audio and drop it in later. Yeah. But I, I have the, I have the trailers. If you want to check them out, I mean, we don't have to. 
I think Do just we, in lieu of technical difficulties, you can drop them in whenever you want because I don't want you to try and play it and then something happens and we can't finish recording. And we're kind of talking back and forth between both right. of them. But for people who have not watched them, A, I don't, I don't know why you would want to listen to this episode if you, if you haven't, right. but spoilers abound. But let's at least set up from the top what each of them is about. And right. then we can go into the Three Ninjas franchise. Yes. And we can go into the Chuck Norris of it all. Yes. Um, yeah. So you want to do so, sidekicks first? Which I mean, sidekicks was your pick? That was yes. the impetus for this entire episode. Right. So we, you had just been commenting to me, maybe on this very podcast, dude. Sidekicks. It came up in conversation. Yes. And you were like, can't find it anywhere. You're asking me about my VHS, I think. Right. It never. It's All, never had a DVD the, out release. of the blue. It pops up on Prime. And that's what I was telling you about the trailer. If you go to yes. Prime and watch the trailer for it on Prime. It notes how it's first time available digital. They just didn't bother oh, with the I didn't DVD even get release. To that part of the yeah the trailer. The, I was just laughing so hard at the. No matter what language you say it, in, yeah, Chuck Norris means adventure. Or whatever. Right. It's, <laughs> yeah, but it's the trailer was solely cut to let everybody know that this is the first time it's been available digitally anywhere because they never it. That's a really just side note. We should definitely tally up. There's probably some a lot of them, like movies that never got a proper dvd release that are like fucking gold mm-hmm. that no one's no one probably like just they assume there's one but there isn't one out there i'm thinking like nowhere sidekicks there's probably one or two other ones in the early 90s that you you miss but um you gotta there's an iraqi boy in one of these yeah we'll get to him mm-hmm. okay god uh but anyway so sidekicks is essentially about a young man who Barry Zabruski. Zabruski. Zabruski? I thought it was Brubruski. Zabruski? Gubr- we were both Gubruski. Gubruski. This is a movie we love, by the way. We've seen it since we were It's because they five. call him Barry Wary the yes. whole time. That's yeah. like how they mock him, which, yeah. in retrospect, I mean, you guys could have tried a little harder with so the name. So what I feel like, and when did this come out? What year was Sidekicks? Sidekicks was from the year 1992. Wow. Unless we forget from the auteur, Aaron Norse. Yes. No relation. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. We'll talk There's about a, the, that there, disappointment. One of my favorite bits of the trivia in here. <laughs> Chuck Norris did this as a favor to his brother, brother, the director. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure Chuck Norris did this to be in another movie. Yeah. And did I'm you sure read he the, yeah. got his brother to direct but it if to you, like throw him a bone. He did as this as a the rest of his filmography. He did this as a favor to a mattress salesman in Texas. Yes, that's what this was. That's the reason we have this. And God bless him for piece it. Of early '90s cinema, big, big so, mattress Mac Jim, whatever his name is, go buy a mattress if it's still running in Austin. Barry Gabruski. Gabruski. Go. Barry Gabruski has. Uh, he's he's a dreamer. He just he's got a mind of his he own. He might have a serious. He's condition. on the spectrum, obviously. <laughs> Let's not get into that anyway. Territory, but okay, uh, he but is he's, a dreamer. He's a dreamer, and he basically has these different spells where he just nods off any time of day, day or night. Thank God the kid doesn't drive, and uh, he's in a Chuck Norris movie. He's Chuck Norris's sidekick. sidekick. Yeah, and I mean the movie every opens, kid's dream, right? In the nineties, nah, maybe. See, that's what—that's where I think this movie is like oddly pitched. 
Right. Because that's that's what I want to talk about. But well, go, finish the So the through, through a series of events, he meets an elderly Mr. Miyagi type who teaches him the martial arts. And it all culminates in he's a... learning ninjutsu. Yes. Not karate. Everything. Yes, he's learning... Because the, everything has to be karate kid, but let's just... Let's just tilt it a little right. Yes. And through a series of happenstance, he winds up competing in a karate tournament against a Johnny Lawrence bully type who... This um, kid wishes he could smell yes. Zapka's farts. Yes. He's... Yeah. Continue. I will say, though, sometimes... Sometimes I do like stone over crease sometimes. And like when I'm just kind of had I mean, enough of when I scroll through Instagram and I see all of Martin Cove reposting everything all the time, I'm like, Piscopo wouldn't do this. Like he'd be happy about it, but he wouldn't do this. You know, if Piscopo had a resurgence, you bet your fucking <laughs> yeah, ass that's true. he would. What are we talking nah, about? I don't know. Have you, you, if you, all you, of a sudden the sidekicks, like all of a sudden they're like, hey, Cobra Kai hit, you know. Chuck, you want to rehab your image a <laughs> yeah, little bit? Chuck. You want to, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Any time, com- Chuck. <laughs> Any old time, old buddy. Um, it Any basically, old time, old Chucky's red. <laughs> it basically culminates in like they're competing in this karate tournament. They don't have a four for the team, and out of pure like, hey, this hot lady's kind of trying to get my attention. What does she? Oh, she wants me to. She wants me to be on their karate team. All I right. Mean, I mean, if anybody's going to pull your attention, it's going to be, let's be real. I mean, she had the one, two punch this and double dragon. Yes. Satori. Yes. Double dragon. Perfect. Uh, Yes. Yeah. And so Chuck agrees to, uh, to join them in the karate tournament. They fight and then the kid, the kid wins, but you know, they don't fight. They brick break. We'll get the whole of that. Okay. Here's my thing. As a kid watching this, Chuck Norris does not occupy the space of say, a Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. in, for instance, Last Action Hero. I was going to say, a lot of people so, are like, do you this think somebody kind of... saw the spec script for that and was like, oh, we should do that and tried to beat him to the punch, but they used Chuck Norris? I think this stuff was in the ether and it's the one time that Chuck was actually ahead of the game because like, yes. he does Top Dog like, what, 10 years after Turner and Hooch right. and like K9. Maybe not that far apart. Right. But he's like, he's late to the party on like a lot of these genre moves where he's like playing catch up. Mm-hmm. And. But you got to argue he started some of it in the 80s because I mean, the octagon. Come on. Okay. See, and that's my thing. I'm not a Norris guy. Right. I don't know if I have ever sat through a Chuck Norris film outside of Top Dog for the kid ones. Yeah, I watched when we were younger, mm-hmm. but I never circled back when we were older because he just was never my not even like guy. Not I don't even, know, uh, dude. Mish, uh, 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 Delta Force with Lee Marvin. I've never. I mean, of course, I've absorbed bits and pieces. That's the, over only, the years honestly, dude. From like, that's the only one you should go back to from Docs and from other but, because you get Lee Marvin as his buddy, but you get Robert Forster as a Israeli. Or no, as an Arab terrorists. Okay. And it all divulges into like, here's Arabs and they've got these Jews on a plane. They're hidden, kidnapping. It's very much playing to the guys who run canon at the time. Okay. Yeah. So, and the hitman is, is the one with Michael Parks. I believe so. And that's the one I cannot find anywhere. I think I saw that it's rentable. On if it gets rented. That's right. It's not, yeah. I, I don't want to spend money on it right now, but if I have to, I will, because that is the one. That's my favorite bit from... 
it comes, sidekicks. Okay, that's what I wanted to get to. So when we're watching this as kids, we don't have that context. No, you did, and I'm saying you didn't either. But I'm asking because I'm like I never got as a kid that like these are tableaus from his Nora's own movies. movies. That just, they're kind of riffing on. Just the one where he's trying to get his attention and he's hanging on a helicopter yelling at him. I was like, well, I know that's missing in action. That's and that's the only one. Yeah. But it never clicked like, oh, these are all his movies. That Which is well, obvious because he's watching them. They talk about Barry just being a fucking super fan. Right. And to me, that formula works with literally... It could be anything, man. Like, you could you could... I mean, oh, yeah. in the 90s, you could have been like, Richard Petty's my favorite race car driver. I have fantasies about driving cars with Richard Petty, and then, oh my God, somebody on his racing team needs me to drive, and I'm 16, I, mean, I just got my license, and bam, here we go. You could totally of, do that. The ones of these that don't like totally work are things like Kazam, because it's like, yes. not, everybody's not like, oh, I wish I could meet Shaq, and he could grant me three wishes. <laughs> it's like... I wish I could meet Shaq and play basketball with him right. or play basketball like him. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, that's where that one kind of like, what are we doing here? What's mm-hmm. going on? But no, I agree. The setup of kid, who, especially in this case where it's like, I related to him, A, because it's Jonathan Brandis. We were obsessed with him from oh, Sequest, yeah. first yes. of all. And I mean, he was blonde. He's scrawny in this, like mm-hmm. me. So in the same way that like Larusso was he's the, like easy to buy into in Karate Kid, and he's the only one I that naturally I, I was just, like, oh okay, I I like this kid. I just I did struggle with asthma when we were in Japan. Yes, both I was of fine us, when we came. Yeah, back both of us here, did. But yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I don't remember you. I had an inhaler treatment before, about like a year before. I had you the did. bag one. Me not too. The aerosol. The, I like, didn't have an aerosol. The, the, the yeah, yeah, you had to breathe into that yeah. bag thingy. No, but in and honestly, Jonathan Brandis was the one. If I could, if I if I had three witches from Shaq, the first one would be. I know you can't bring people back from the dead, but bring Jonathan Brandis back from the yeah. dead. I don't care if he's a, a zombie, one, just do it because I feel like he was right there. You give him, give him like five more years, and I feel like there's a break, and he can get into like really good indie parts for people who can't yeah, act. I honestly, he just I like, feel, it was like, I he feel was like just he waiting. Sh- if he had just stuck around, like, and I know it's suicide's a big deal. Yes. Anytime oh, no, to make light of it at all. And, and then, not to yeah, make light of it, but when I had to, but at the same time, you to, wish that, you know, he could have just stuck it out for a few more to years. Veronica, like contextually, I was like, he was like, he was a teen heartthrob. He was one of the, and I started thinking about it and I'm like, I've heard this in multiple cases, but I'm like, it's, just, it's, I mean, it's an unfortunate side effect, but... Was it Wild Dicap- America? No, I'm just... Oh, I don't know if it was that one. I'm just saying DiCaprio just ate his lunch. Yeah. Like, they were going out for a lot of the same... And mm-hmm. it's like, he never got one of those key, like, big dramatic part where he's paired with, like, you know, a big, big league, the closest, elder statesman and, sort of actor. And the actor. closest I'm thinking is Wild America with Renfro and Devin Sawa, right? Is that... Yeah, he's the third brother? Yeah. So do you tell me out of that movie, only one of those guys is still around now? The rest of, you know, I mean, died? That's wild, dude. It's upsetting, it is upsetting. And it, and honestly, dude, I'm gonna, this might not be in a popular opinion. River Phoenix does an overdose of the Viper Room. Leonardo DiCaprio who? Because you, oh, River, yeah, oh, it was all, it was his to lose, man. It was his show to lose. Yeah. You look at all the stuff that guy did before yeah, no, he passed. they would have been getting the scraps. 100%. And then his little brother, nobody would know who the hell he is. That's my little brother Joaquin. I feel like that still would happen. I uh, maybe possibly, but you I mean, because people we don't have to get into all of that. But well, yeah, no, because people without without that singular event that like that that core 
of his like defining him for so long that mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix doesn't become the level of actor that he is. Or he just pushed harder. The, he just he just pushed tragedy. harder to be better than his brother because by all accounts, apparently they were like just a roaming family that went to auditions and yeah. everybody was doing everything. So okay. destined for stardom. Anyways. Yes. R.I.P. Jonathan Brandis. I think he holds up as being great. Most people would probably know him from the It TV movie. He plays Bill. Yes. What are, and if you stuck around for Never Ending Story 2. Two. He plays um, Bastion. Yes. And then, of course, Sequest, which yeah. we mentioned, which is, I don't know if people even remember Sequest, but it was basically Star Trek in the ocean with yes. Roy Scheider. Yes. I always do that. Uh, it Rob ran Roy for Schreiner. a while, though, right? What? It ran for a while. I though, don't, right? I, I've never gone back to look for it to watch it, so and I don't know. We were like, all in on that, but we were not Star Trek kids. No. You know what I'm saying? Just like, like we were all in on Waterworld. You know? We really dug water, apparently. Yeah. We, we, we had Sequest action figures. I do remember and that. And Waterworld action figures. We went to some kind of like gift exchange or toy thing on base. Yes. And I remember getting Sequest action figures that we already had. Yes. Does that ring a bell? That's Yes. Okay. That sounds familiar. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, I think Brandis is great in this. Also, we want to say R.I.P. to Mako. Yes. Kills it in every role he's ever in. I'm sorry. Yes. I don't know what he did past the Admiral from Pearl Harbor, but that's the last big thing I remember seeing him I in. I mean, he's just one of he's those just dudes there. He's just, just yeah. always around. We could go through the list of credits. Same with uh, Sab Shimona when we get to Three Ninjas. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to pull up. Wait, what? What? Who's the guy you just said? Sab Shimona. Is he in Pray for Death? Probably, I think that's him at Pray for Death. So Every well, I asked you about the, ninjas. The Every big, list says Pray for Death is like the ninja movie to watch. I've never seen it. I think it was a big eighties well, one. But they're like, check it out. Yeah, um, I mean the big Mako one that comes to mind is Conan. Mm-hmm. And did he stick around for Destroyer as I well? Think he he, did. I think he's in both. Yeah, but yeah, I mean he was just in shit for years. And then we, I feel terrible because we didn't even say her name earlier. Julia Nixon yes. is the teacher who... Yes, but do you want to talk about this movie's bear- secret weapon? This oh. movie's has the one and only girl next door. Oh, did, that's the secret weapon. She is the I secret weapon. I was going weapon. a completely different direction. You were going to say Bo Bridges? Yeah, the secret weapon is Bo Bridges. That, yeah. Yeah, double B, baby. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. okay. Um, just killing it. Yeah. Uh, I don't okay, know what other movies no, Danica McKellar did in the 90s, but you're telling me the one she does is because Chuck Norris owes a favor to a mattress salesman? Yeah. That's serendipity, baby, because she's and perfect I, in this. Well, I and I got I to gotta say, of course, we had exposure to Wonder Years, so naturally yes. I'm like completely in love with her, but this was one of the first movies I remember being like, oh, I like I like this old, who's this, who's this older lady? Yes, of like, course. Whoa. Oh. And then you have the whole dynamic of like, She's in all of Barry's early fantasies. As mainly, Chuck's yeah, woman. As Chuck's woman, mainly right. being saved and like paired up with Chuck. They don't do it. It's not like but here's the hot thing. for teacher, but like it's she not, is a it's, hot It's teacher. not hot for teacher. It's she's a powerful female mother figure. And his mother has died. So right. that's what that is. In my head. I know I'm reading way too much into this movie, but in my head, it's like, the one woman who's like not chastised him that much 
and is the one like teacher that cares about him. There's no other strong adult female to be there for him. It's natural that teacher is going to be the woman in his and dreams I mean, that he's saving. Let's be real. She does. She goes above and beyond with like her commitment to yes. this kid, by the way. <laughs> like yes. lots of extra credit. But she gets a little gander. She gets a little gander at Bo Bridges and she's like. Oh, it's totally about him. It's oh, she's like just it. she's it upset. She's frustrated to meet with him that day. Once she meets with him, she's all in for the double B baby. That's oh, what she wants. And see, that's the one. As a kid, I probably was like, "Oh, these adults are talking, whatever." But it weirdly—I don't want to say it has like a great layer of gravitas, but like you buy their like yeah, they no. have like good romantic interplay mm-hmm. and the whole scene of like you know yes I lost my wife and everything which then goes into a wild scene where all of all of the sudden the restaurant which is closed at yes. the time is flooded with a biker gang yes that then um, with the then I don't Mr. Lee short this we've like just been introduced to him yes. well his intro is arriving at the oh dude at the train station did you watch it on prime yeah. Did you notice that that was edited? Uh, no, I don't know if I did. In the original VHS, you what have... What he call him? He says, hey, can you tell that well, chink don't, you don't, okay. to we put don't that cigar it. on? He's like, can you tell me what one... What did they, since we all look what alike. What did they correct it to in this? Because, yeah, I noticed that it was... It's bad ADR, but it's overdubbed to that fella or that guy or something. But they definitely cut the racism out of it, which I was like... I it mean, feels like that's a lot more work than being like, hey, there is some racist undertones in this, but we weren't going to edit this. This is well, presented. That, of course, I was sitting there going like, oh, is this movie problematic? And the the first time I was asking that is when Piscopo was doing full on yellow face with a Fu Manchu. And I don't I think mean, I don't think you can. I think it I think it works ultimately in the context a, it is, again in context because a it is a daydream. B, he's being made to look ridiculous and yes. like an idiot and a buffoon. Yes. And he is also a racist piece of shit in this movie. Yes. So, um... You believe in plays. the Easter Bunny too, kid? Yeah. Okay. What? I just think... Uh, I... We, we were not conscious. <laughs> no. We were not alive <laughs> for the Piscopo era. No, we were not But I've heard we... tell of, like, he comes on SNL... And some people absolutely fucking hate him. Yes. But some people love him and think he's like yes. God's gift to comedy. And mm-hmm. particularly Lauren Michaels like thinks that that's the man to lead the show, I guess. Mm-hmm. And this is in the Eddie Murphy era, like as Eddie's transitioning it, yes. out, basically. And so Piscopo becomes the dude, right? Tries and to, then I guess. Is he like, is it like a carrot top thing where like people talk shit about him and he was like, fuck you, I'm going to get jacked and so nobody will talk shit? Or was it just he just he I like, started listen, he started doing movies and so he wanted I, to get roided out and like what happened? I do you, like, what do you know about Piscopo? I'm basing all of my my trajectory of what happened to him off of the Family Guy bit where it's like, here Joe, I bought you this weight set. Thanks. I'll only use it when I'm not working, <laughs> and that's why he got so ripped. That was a bit from a Family Guy episode years that's, ago. That sounds like a family guy joke. But I, sure. I honestly have no idea. I've never, honestly, except for what is the one I talked to you about last year with Treat Williams and him, where it's like a zombie cop oh, buddy. Oh, Dead cop. Heat, I totally want to watch. Yeah, for sure. That's the only that other. That looks really fun, th- Yeah, it, it will. He was fucking amazing in it. So I'm like, okay, did he just not work on television doing comedy bits? Like, you got to give him something to sink his teeth into? What are we doing? 
But, you know, I think he does pretty good in this for being an asshole. It's not really, it's not hard. You know, I don't know if he's like trying to channel like John Kreese energy or what, because there's never any. I mean, like, it feels like a parody. Of yes. Kreese. In so many ways. Like Kreese like, who never went to Nam. Here's the thing. The movie is obviously so indebted to Karate Kid. Yes. Um, and walks the line of being a parody of it. To an extent, yeah. But also kind of wants to have its cake and eat it too at the same time. Right. Obviously, it breaks a little bit with just having the the dream sequences right. and the, that setup is like kind of the running thread. But basically, he starts getting trained by Mr. Lee. Right. So he starts get, to kick the asthma. Yes. Mm-hmm. Through some like different concoctions and other random shit. Um, his dad and um, is it Mr. Noreen? What's her name? Noreen Chan. Noreen. Yeah. Uh, they you know start develop. They never like fully go there, right? But you you feel the tension. It's oh, def- it's you know it's there. there. Like um, as soon got, as they leave that karate tournament, it's on. You got Richard Mall yeah. as the gym teacher. Oh, dude, a uh, lot of great stuff there. Uh. Not and see that's the thing, oh, and we haven't mentioned Mapes, which is the douchebag English teacher, who's a great prick. There's a lot oh, of great God, pricks yeah. in this movie uh-huh. between Piscopo, Mapes, which is uh, Garrett Graham. He's in all he's in like he's in a bunch of De Palma movies. And yeah, he yeah. was also um, Jonathan Demi's guy. He's in a bunch of Demi movies as well. But yeah, he's just one of those faces. But he's he sucks. Piscopo sucks. You think? That Richard Mall, the the gym teacher, is going to be another yet another like adversary. Well, when he's and introduced he the, in dream the dream sequence, sequences. he's like he's tightening. He's a German scientist, and he's yeah, like, he's a Nazi scientist. And that's the thing. I don't know if that's a movie reference, but if it is, I want to know what movie they're no, talking about. No, see, and that's the thing. I think some of these go really broad in it because you're going to tell me the one that you tell me is referencing the Hitman. When he shows up with a mullet, one of the best, like, visual gags. I'm sorry, but when you see Jonathan Brandis, like, pull himself up over the ledge, he's doing the pull-ups in his room. And he but pulls he himself comes up, and all yeah. of a sudden he's got the mullet, doom, doom, and they doom, go doom, in, doom, and then, like, Piscopo's just do he is cranked up to, like, 13. Yes. And that whole sequence looks like a cross between, like, Joel Schumacher's Batman. And a Tom and Jerry cartoon. Yes. There yeah. was something else that came to mind. As well, but now I can't, it escapes me. I had the like, it, this is what the child of it is, but I yeah, no, and the, the, no, the the aesthetic and look is totally the hitman. I'm assuming the villains aren't like that. No, I would imagine they're a lot worse, yeah. but I still want to see the hitman. Like, as do I. It, it's just interesting because I never put two and two together as a kid when we watched this a million times. Going back and watching it now, as much as it's cheesy and campy and it is what it is. The dream sequences are actually pretty relevant to, like, this kid's overall psyche. Mm -hmm. You know? He's a sidekick, straight up. It's him and Chuck in the ninja suits. And I love the way they get around having to actually have any of them do anything by putting them all in masks or stuff. Oh, That's We can talk about that at the end in a minute. But, like, so there's that. And then it's like he's in trouble. And then, you know, Chuck's hanging on a a helicopter telling him to watch out because someone's coming to get him. And... A ninja breaks through the wall and is coming to get him, and bam, it's his teacher. So 
all of the dream things do inform. Like oh, yeah, when, when he he's has having the, his ribs cut, that's when he has that's right the after, attack. Yeah, right yes. after basically Cellini is right. Lauren pities him. Yeah. And so like, of course, it's just like, I don't know if they meant to do that or if that's just like, this no, will be they, cool. That, of course, never played for me as a kid or whatever. But yeah, no, I was like, this is actually, the, yeah. you know, for what it is. I think, and I think that's why it has survived. Like it has, at least for us and other people who like it, is they realize when they're watching it, they don't know exactly what it is, but there is something about this that is like, it's a, it's a, it's an okay, to, nowadays, maybe back in the day, I don't know, it was always, don't ever meet your heroes. Don't. It's not going to work out. Right. They're going to be dicks. But this is one of those times where it's like, hey, you know what? If your hero really is your hero, when you meet him, it'll be it'll be awesome under whatever circumstance it is, you know. And it doesn't matter how many times I watch it. Doesn't matter how been how many times I've seen it. That scene where he's watching the karate and the tournament, and Norris comes and sits down behind him, and he realizes who he is. And he's like, let's go win this thing. That is like some of the coolest shit in the world to me. It's like, that would never happen. One, there'd be th- three bodyguards around him. You mean to tell me he's that big of a guy? He can't be on the ground floor. They got to shoot a light up on him to highlight him walking above everyone. He's yeah. just going to walk down the steps at this karate tournament, sit down like a regular Joe, and then be like, I'm going to suit up and go do that. And of course, the the really, Chuck Norris? You got a problem with that, son? Like, that's <laughs> yeah. that was hilarious to us as kids. We loved it every yeah. time we saw it. Oh, absolutely. You know? In but, retrospect, um, he's not he's not exactly, for a movie that is, <laughs> for a movie that is centered around, oh my God, Chuck, the coolest dude ever. He's not really the most charismatic dude. And like, again, I haven't seen a lot of his movies, but like, on the rung of action movie actors. I mean, he's definitely more in the Charlie Bronson school. Of course, yeah, no. Of, like, I'm not going to talk very much. Right. But Veronica was watching this with me, and she brought up an interesting thing where she was just like, so was he, like, a big guy for doing his own stunts? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, I guess for most of his fights, and, of course, the opening one, like you're talking about, they had the ninja mask on, I'm like, I'm pretty sure he wasn't there that day. No. Like, they just had the close-ups with, like, where you hear his voice, and maybe he was in the suit for that, but, you know. That's 80-yard. Yes. Gotta be. So, I wanted to bring up the the training sequences, though. Oh, yeah. With Mako, which they cut back to, and I love the commitment to the bit of using the same score virtually every time. Oh, yeah. And I had one of these epiphany moments, dude, where I'm like, I, I made this song probably about a year and a half ago called Subtitle. Mm-hmm. It was very, like, kind of Asian-inspired. But I was I always was like, what does it remind me of? It reminds you. And it's you. the training montage music. So I want you to listen to this and see if you, like, think the same thing. Okay. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> The power chord. You, that's all you it. needed was a yeah. power chord, dude. That would have been fucking. Dude, yeah. you have to work on that. You have but to go back just, to that I and was tweak just it. Like, wow, dude, that just like that just came out. That was so weird. That Anyways. is probably the one piece of music next to the, dun, 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 like whatever the whatever oh, music yes. is playing when he when he like again. 
you start out with Brandis and his red kimono, like gi or whatever, ready to do it. And then all of a sudden it's, here's that white ninja yeah. again, just killing it with the nunchucks. Like it's nothing. Oh, an insane display. And then they just, so cool. he, he set back up from his last move and it's like, Barry's back. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. You're like, I want to see what that looked like from everybody else's yes. perspective. I so just want to watch them shoot that scene yes. with that guy doing all of that. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, the padding on it, it's a padded suit. It is what it is. But this also, to me, has a distinction of, like, a technical, disciplined way to, like, eviscerate your opponent without even touching him, Noah. You talked about earlier. There's no fighting between Barry and Cellini. He gives them an opportunity. He says, you can come get a piece of me. What do they do? They're brick-breaking. The ancient Japanese art of brick-breaking. So, basically, let's be clear here. <laughs> yes. They basically go, well, we can't do Karate Kid. We can't just have them fight. Yeah, there's no move for him to do. So, wait a second. We'll just rip off part two. Not as many people saw that, right? The ice block You want to have them break ice? No, we'll do bricks instead. They do bricks in competitions, don't they? Okay. So, they do establish that they trained in brick breaking. Yes. Which I'm like. Did you know you were entering? Cholini doesn't bring up the like, hey, you want to settle this in the tournament until like very late in the game. But I but don't they think they were the somehow brick... prepping for this the whole time. Did the brick breaking thing happen early on? I feel like that was in the second training montage, though. I could be wrong. It might have been. I don't know. Because there's, you know, there's At the some one. Point they take a break and go to the zoo. Right. I do remember that. And <laughs> you see Noreen doing her kata. And after that, they go again. And I feel like after yeah, that, because okay. he fights, he trains and gets a little better. He fights Cellini. And that's when the coach is like, Barry, not bad, kid. Yeah. Not bad at all. Like, he stood he stood up for himself. And that's when Winnie Cooper finally decides, like, she goes from being like, oh, I like you, Barry. Just not like that. To like, you don't pity me. Um, To like, oh, he can stand up for himself. He's got a little bit of a backbone. And then she's like, you know. That blonde hair. Ooh, let she's me... behind him. Yeah. She's not as, like, integrated into the final, like, tournament as, say, Allie in right. Karate Kid. Or, anyways. So, they have, like, they give us some time to at least look at some cool demonstration stuff because we're not going to get a fight fight. Now, here's the thing, though. Cellini's fighting left and right? Yes. But n- we do get a fight. Yes. But the Chuck Piscopo, the Norris Piscopo fight, is so comical. Like, it's not even... A technically interesting fight no. in any way. It's played for laughs, which what? is totally fine. Yeah. And then we build to the finale. They do the brick breaking. I don't understand why Mako lights the bricks on fire. Spectacle? I guess. But, but I, I mean, just, I feel like, like it's cheating. Like, how is that legal? Right. Yes, exactly. How is it? How is the fire marshal not I mean, on stage? It just looks set. more badass, yeah. I suppose. But, uh, yeah. So he, And he I, lo- I love that they like... No break. It's like what? Hey, no break. Yeah. And I this has one of the things that I've I've I, I'm never going to be able to start it. It's something that's only going to be happening with you and I. But I've wanted to like when shit hits the fan and gets real, Noah. I've wanted to start the phrase Noah. Randy Cellini is asking for another brick. <laughs> like oh shit, Cellini just asked for another brick. Just say that shit randomly out and about, so we know that like shit's going down. It's getting real. No one else is going to know what I'm talking about but you. So okay. if I if we ever go out and about somewhere. <laughs> <Randy> <laughs> <for another>. yeah. <laughs> okay. 
duly noted. Now, and the beautiful thing about it is, this is the one of my favorite endings, <laughs> is that like he's met his hero, right? And he's got this karate magazine, which I forget that there are karate magazines, and the whole bit we can we can sell this real quick. The whole bit between Pishkapo is like when they first meet, he's like, "I would kick Chuck Norris's ass, kick his ass. ass. You hear me, kid? Kick his ass, <laughs> you know." And it's like. You know, we're not going to train with him. That's not what karate is about. He's like, you know, karate is a sport of discipline. And this he's like, yeah, you believe in the Easter Bunny 2 kid? Like, yeah. it's like, no, you you learn. He is the, you learn karate to be a badass. That's it. Yes. And Barry's obviously like, no, there is a skill behind this. It's only meant for defense, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, whereas Karate Kid is inherently about that and the thematics of, like, coming to learn that over the course of, like, an hour's worth of training and all of that. It's just kind of brushed off here. It's like, the kid is basically like, I've seen Karate Kid. I know what this is supposed to be about. I've seen Chuck Norris movies. You guys even have the same color scheme. (laughs) You're just fucking tigers instead. (laughs) You're just Cobra Kai in Texas for all I give a shit about. Yeah. Yeah. But I, and I do love. Great use of Texas, of Houston. Oh yeah, of course. The training montages around the fountain. Yes. uh, The architecture. I mean, it's it's right up there with the. uh, They show you the zoo, for God's sake. It's right up there with the skating scene in Airborne. That apparently friend of the show Yoni Wolf has never been to, you know? As far as we know. Yeah. Okay. Um, the end. Yes, the ending. I love, he's had the magazine, it, Cellini tore it up, and so I got a big crease down the middle, but he put it back together with tape, and he's like, I've met my hero, I'm good, this was a... a I don't have to dream anymore. Yeah. I lived it. Yeah. He all but says that. I mean, that's war- that yeah. should have been the last one. He basically, he talks to him... He talks to Norris about dreams, and it's like, are they real, blah, 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 yeah? And he leaves the magazine, and they walk away from what looks like a desolate convention center, like no one's there anymore. And then randomly out of nowhere, this kid in a wheelchair rolls up, gets the magazine, is like, oh, cool. You didn't mention that Chuck disappeared. Yes. Like, he looks back, and it's like, was I really talking to Chuck? And I'm like, did this whole tournament happen? Yeah. Like, did, he... did they get, oh, they just got there, and it was, was closed. It... Yeah. Was <laughs> <this> whole... <laughs> it never, never happened. Like, what the hell? Yeah, the entire last bit of this movie is his, is in his mind as to what happened. And, but, of course, you know, his dad and Noreen come up with a trophy and walk away with him. So, either they went and bought that for him to make him feel Especially better. Especially, though, where, when he's not there. No. At the end. She drove herself. Neither is Mako. She only pops in for, like, one scene. Yeah. In that. Yeah, and I love... Yeah, uh, Mako is like... He's like, oh yeah, I'll be back. I gotta go work a shift at the restaurant. (laughs) Comes back. I go home. What? No, we're in a karate gi. Don't need a karate gi for break breaking. Yeah. Yeah. I love... Dude, I I wish... There's probably some gems. A gem we haven't found with him. But I fucking love Mako. Like, anything he's ever been in. Great press. Same thing with the next guy we're gonna talk about. Old Victor Wong himself. Oh, hell yeah. So... Uh, but yes, the, the, the magic is passed on somehow through the magazine, mm-hmm. and maybe this kid's going to go have an adventure with, with Chuck Norris. From his wheelchair. Yeah. But in, you know, in his <laughs> dreams, I mean, and that's what it talks about. It's like, dreams are a good thing. They can tell you about stuff, but you can't let them control you. And he does learn. That's like one of the reasons why I love the Hitman bit, is at the end he goes in, he's like, Barry... Where's Noreen? He's like, this is my dream, man. Like, yeah. this obviously, it's not her. It's it's fucking Lauren from down the street. Like, and that's totally like, like get out of here, Chuck, because yeah, I'm go a, I'm a hormone yeah. filled teenager, and this dream sequence is about to get very dark. Yeah, this is the uh, cut of the movie they had to chop out, Aaron. Yes. 
We forgot to mention the Western one I did like. Yes, which Make in my head I was like, so was this? This was had Walker. He done like a in my head I was like, had he done a big Western prior, or was this? this I think is this like, is the basis for Walker because Walker is ninety three. Right after this, it starts yeah. right after this. Yeah, it's like somebody was like, you know, I didn't really get the rest of it, but that Western one. Yeah, I think you'd be good at that, but maybe not back you in the what? old West. Make mine milk too. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a milk, and they all have make mine milk, make it double or whatever. Yeah. It's like double milk. Yeah. That's uh, Lone Wolf. Little Wolf, too. But yeah, I gotta <laughs> say, like, I was fully prepared to go back and be like, oh, dude, this is trash. But other than the fact that, like, I saw in, in the Amazon trailer, it's like one of the top five kid martial arts movies or something. And in my head, I'm like, so Karate Kid, one, two, Three surf ninjas I'm like this, and like, and what else? Were we <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, great. In the pantheon, I was like, you're clearly at the bottom. Of it. But it, it was some quote, and it was just like one of the top five. And I'm like, it's clearly the number five. It's like, uh, whatever. It that's is. just a quote they pull from IMDb. But I think outside of some of the demonstration stuff, you get to see it's not a it's not a technically great like it's not particularly well shot outside of that nunchuck sequence yeah um i do like the dream sequences mm-hmm. but it de- it definitely does not i mean it's nowhere near daniel son no i mean th- it's huffing the fumes of karate kid right at most uh but it's still enjoyable and i still had enough nostalgia factor for it here and even not being a chuck fan in the intervening years didn't stop me from like enjoying it for for what it is mm-hmm. and it's me again what i think holds it together well bridges though are those supporting performances yeah. though and the fact that they're not just phoning it in no they're and actually we're gonna talk weirdly we're gonna talk about that in three ninjas and that dear listener is where we almost lost it all uh we're seconds for you uh full week for us <laughs> Basically, yeah. Yeah. We did Thanksgiving in between the time. We did. Mm -hmm. We did do Thanksgiving. So we're coming at you now on the very last day of Ninja November. Yes. Uh, This probably isn't even going to post until... I couldn't call. I'm terrible at improv. This is why we could never be part of ASCAD or anything like that. Okay. Um, So part two now? Of our two by two retro review, right? Nineties ninja, nostalgia, nostalgia November review. Right. Uh, we're on to three ninjas. Yes, kick back. The aforementioned third in the franchise. Right. Why don't we take some time to explain exactly how that went down? Do you did you find this in any of your research? I, I did. I did yeah. a bit of research on this one. So. If you're unfamiliar with the Three Ninjas franchise, it started as a Disney, yes, uh, Disney-owned property mm-hmm. through Touchstone, correct? Yes. Okay. First one is basically, what if we took Home Alone? Yeah. And I want to say cross it with Karate Kid, but not not even necessarily. Um, what is it more in the spirit of? I feel like it's more in the spirit of like. American Ninja or like some kind of one of those like because best you of the do best still have Grandpa right 
the incredible Victor Wong. Yes. The only person to appear in all four films in the franchise. Whoa, he's in High Noon at Mega Mountain? Didn't realize it until I looked it up, but yeah, he is. Yeah. He's... I only want to watch that because of one, Terry Hogan Balea. Like, I mean, that's... we could do a whole yeah. miniseries on the Hogan purse. Oh, God. I don't know if I want to, but no. we could. Okay. Happy Hogan holidays. Anyways, first one, three little kids, Rocky, Colt, Tum Tum. Yes. I gave them in descending order of age. Yes. Okay. They're trained by their grandfather. In the art of ninjutsu. Ninjas. Yes. Yes. It's a summer thing. Like, that's just what they do up at his cabin. Yeah. in In the woods. As is tradition. Yes. And so the setup of the first one, I don't remember, is it like... It's tied in with their dad in the first right, one, right? Yes. Is so, their dad a lawyer? What is no, their, their father is an FBI agent. Excuse me. And so he's still an FBI agent in this third one, where he is the baseball coach. Yes. Um. So the God, fir- nothing but time on his hands. Nope. Just hanging well, around waiting for them to call. Well, from here's Japan. the thing. In the first one, we see that he is after this guy named Snyder. And I remember Snyder. There's a big whole, villain in our yes, childhood. Very. What, very, uh, very Terry, very Terry Silver. Terry Silver. Yes. yes. Yeah. If Terry Silver was like actually an arms dealer, not now, you know, a you chemical. Put, you put Tig in oh, Three dude. Ninjas. It's a I whole mean, other movie. Yeah. Yeah. Did this, yeah, because Karate Kid Part 3 is 89, so they're definitely like, we need a Terry Silver type. Tall, ponytail, good with martial arts. And essentially, the whole conflict is, is like, you know, his wife... You know, his father-in-law, you know, Grandpa Mori Tanaka is his 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 father-in-law. And the whole thing is like, yeah, your 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 buddy, the guy that you like, you know, trained with and, and knows your your martial arts fighting style. He's a bad dude. Like they go through the whole thing where like, who's the guy in the picture with Grandpa? And they have like the folded over part where it's like, oh, this bad guy like Snyder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and basically it's a home alone romp because like. Snyder they send sends the three these, goons right to go get these kids, the buffoons, yeah. and they outsmart them we for a little run. bit. We should hide. We should kick their butts. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I remember classic thirty million dollars. Take it to the bank. Yeah. Huge hit. Small budget. Huge hit. But what we what you find out is they shot that one and knuckles up back to back. You would have never thought. Like, oh hey, you know, there's, there's going to so be a sequel. So to this. knuckles up. Is still Disney produced? That's yeah. not after, so they, they as I it. understood it. First one, first one comes out, mm-hmm. relatively big hit, big on VHS as well. Yes, and TriStar, who had it initially, right? Right. No, no, no. no. What did we just say? Touchstone. Touchstone is right. the Disney imprint. Right. TriStar. Mm-hmm. From what I understood, bought the rights off of the success of the first one. Right. And TriStar makes. Two follow-ups. Apparently, both of these were released theatrically, but I thought these two were. But you're telling me no, because that was the whole thing with the kids aging out. Well, they shot, that's what I'm saying, they shot the first the one and three back-to-back. That's why there's the same Rocky, Colt, and Tum-Tum in one and two. Right. And the idea was that after stopping Snyder, with the help of their grandfather, Mori Tanaka, they basically go on and they start to right the wrongs that the white man has, you know, put on the Native American population. Right. With basically there's some big oil tycoon or like some big land developer dude who's like It's Charles Napier. 
It is Charles Napier. That's right. He's basically buying kind up. Of a land. step up acting wise from Snyder. Yeah. And then I would ag- argue, I would argue, I would argue that uh, Sab Shimono is the, the top tier. Oh, yeah. And that's rare what... that, again, you're telling me technically this is the third one, but in my head it was always the second one, even though that made no sense because. Kickback again, is what you're saying. Rocky and, yes. Yes. Because yeah, again, if you're watching, no, if you're watching this in the succession when continuity. they come out, yes, you would almost have to be like, if you started the third one as, "Hey, remember that time we?" and it was like a blast from the past, it would work. But they kind of okay. So this is I didn't rewatch any of the other ones, right? So this is vague memories. But we're now we're moving into kickback. Well, excuse me. Do you want to say anything more about three knuckle up? Yeah, I. It's kind of weirdly like my favorite. I remember really no. This is going to be a weird... You're probably not going to remember any of this. When Knuckles Up came out, we were in Japan. It came out on video, right? Yeah. We'd already seen the first two, quote yes. unquote. Three Ninjas and Three Ninjas Kickback. And I remember we had a babysitter. We were at... It was either Ted Height's daughter was babysitting us with everybody at our house, or we had gone to their tower apartment, and we were all there because mom and all them... Mom and dad had all gone out. And we were watching this one. I was like, oh my God, it's a new one. It's great. It was one of those you you know, hard to find on VHS because, you know, it is an airbase in Japan and limited supply. It's not like, you know, Blockbuster wasn't a huge thing. You know, we there was no Netflix. movies mostly from the shop at right. on base. Basically the equivalent of a gas station. Essentially, yes. Um, and which, a class six. But... Which honestly takes us back. So in North Carolina, this is taking us off on a tangent, but in North Carolina, when yes. we would rent movies with Paul, right, the old chip system VHS was that a standalone VHS store or was that part of the grocery store? That was that a standalone thing. You're okay. talking about the one, the one that was. But for a time next to Food Lion, also rent movies from the grocery store. At That's one point, somewhere. maybe. Am I crazy? We did that, or am I just conflating it with Japan, where we would get it from the shop? Bed? It's just a shop bed, I believe. Okay, because and I remember you literally. There would be like you know. 10 to 12 movies to choose from right. at the shop at. Like, mm-hmm. these are the new releases. Right. This is what's available. It That's was essentially it. a Redbox before it was Redbox. Yeah. Um, and then I imagine there was somebody on base who, like, whenever they rotated through, was just hoarding all of these and adding them to their collection. But right. they just weren't available, like, right. for any of the public to Exactly. To well, because the thing yeah. was, you could go to the Yujo Community Center and you could rent games, like Super Nintendo games, and movies. But basically, it was like the library. I remember right. we did that a couple times, but and just so you know, if if you can find one of these fabled buildings called the library, you can find so many movies, like movies that aren't streaming, right? Uh, that just came out in some cases, mm-hmm. like just. Oh, yeah. I rented DVDs from the Shaw Library all the time. Yeah, sorry for space one. Great resource. Yeah, and also, there's books. They got some books there. Yeah, apparently. and old microfilm. Anyway, um. But I remember we were watching the Knuckles Up, and it's the scene where they're doing the night raid thing, where like they they either save the for some reason they're in like a sewer or tunnel or whatever, and there a lot of tunnels and sewers throughout this franchise, right? But, yes. but they've got to run and they like have to jump into this lake as there's an explosion. And I remember our babysitter was just like, "Oh yeah, Tum Tum dies in this one." And I was like, "Oh, I don't." Oh no! Like I, I was like, "Oh no!" What? What? And I'm like, as I'm watching it, there's an explosion. I'm like. Oh no! Is this it? 
and she just kind of is looking at me, laughing at me like, you dumb son of a bitch. You they're really not think gonna, they're not going to kill a kill child in this child's movie. Especially not Tom Tom. Right, yeah. And so the, that but, would be some heavy shit, but though. I if am, they, like, in one of these, they're like, guess what? Now it's two ninjas. Right, because, like, one of them gets shot or, like, you know, mo- or like hit by a car or some shit. Dude. Terrible. Just straight up, you know. Um, let's do a hard, not a hard reboot. Let's do a reboot, a soft reboot. Mm-hmm. Make five, and they're full grown, and they've gone in their separate directions. They still have the mindset that one they're of like. The, one of them, ob- obviously, you make it Tum Tum. To me, you make it Tum Tum. If you really want to get the heartstrings for everybody, but. He's an MMA fighter, and well, he gets killed in the ring. Okay, whatever. But yeah, regardless. <laughs> No, I was thinking more like he's killed in some sort of mysterious circumstances and then we find that, you know, it leads to an adventure, as it often does. Right. And, yeah, no, because if you have it happen in the ring, then it's just Rocky IV. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, yeah, no. Plus, that's... how are two of them going to avenge him in the ring simultaneously against one? But, you know, you're overcomplicating things. Yeah. He gets murdered by, like, you know, the descendants of... Sab Shimono's character. Even though he turns good at the end. We'll get yeah. to that. Okay, anyways. But yeah, Gritty Reboot. We Gritty, should start yeah, we, yeah, let's do Find it. Find out what Colt's doing these days. I'm sure I think all of them have the, transitioned out of acting. Yeah, the, they're like the they're like Shane, the Shane McDermott's of Ninja Movies. I hope so. I hope they're all successful. Yeah, me too. Shane McDermott. Um, yeah, but I did. I mean, I as a kid watching Knuckles Up, I totally had a crush on the female that was in the third one. The yes. Joe, the Indian girl. I was like, okay. Excuse me, the Native American girl. It's like, oh, all right, here we go. They have the whole dance I feel like sequence. He's weirdly back to just saying Indian. I think we've come full circle where it's like, I guess that's just they're, it's like they're owning it now. Well, in the same way, I don't know. I say it as a as a term of like I'm not talking about Indian as like from the country of India. That's, I'm I mean, saying that's it's why like, I usually say Native, Native American, American just yeah. to avoid the, exactly. the confusion because we do live in South Carolina, which has a huge Indian population. Yes, people from India. Yes. Be specific. Mm-hmm. yes, we have a very famous one from here as well. Um, so <laughs> so weird, just yeah. to be like a famous one. Yes, I'm saying they a lot. Yeah, okay, let's move right along. So that anyway, so those two happen, and we eventually get to the third movie in the franchise. But it was released as the second movie in the franchise due to and it's titled Kickback, which right. just makes sense as the as a second sequel. in the right. franchise. So forever, that's what I thought it was. Yeah, I thought. If anything, they were like, oh, we can't, get, <laughs> we're shooting them simultaneously. We can't, you know, child labor laws, laws. we can only get Colt, apparently, because he's clearly the star of these movies. Yes. Uh, he's got the emotional range. Yeah. I mean, the basketball scene. I mean, he was always in the first favorite. one. Yeah. He's also usually like coated in blue whenever they're yes. color schemed out. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, Double Dragon, Billy yeah. and Jimmy. What's I, wrong I, with the blue? I'm blue, you're red. What's wrong with the blue one? Yeah. We'll do Double Dragon one of these things. Yeah, we should. Maybe we'll whenever Chuck pictures. Hank and the San Diego t- Twins come out. Oh, that'll be that'll be the pairing. Yeah. Or we'll do, we'll revisit video game movies at some point. Because we did uh, Super Mario Brothers earlier. We did, year. yeah. Check out that episode. One of our more popular Double ones. Dragon December. All right. But what's the other? <laughs> Dragon the Bruce Lee story. Duh. I can dig it. Yeah. See? Well, we might have just figured it out. Synergy, we baby. All week. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so double, the third film great, in the dude, Double Dragon December, it you, works. Double for Dragon bo- it works. It covers both titles. Yes, I love it. Yeah. 
couldn't have done it better myself. Even a blind dog is right at least once a day. Finds its own <laughs> ass at least once a day. Um, okay. And a broken clock. So the third movie, Noah, finds our our trio of ninjas having aged up a bit. Yes. But also being and replaced. There's there's a new Rocky and there's a new Tum Tum. Well, and they've, they've morphed only slightly, which I mean, Rocky has morphed. Right. To me. Again, having not rewatched the other two along with this. Mm-hmm. But I kind of looked at him. He was more like the the all-American, good, straight-laced one, if you will. To me, he's College a... College boy. It's, <laughs> Even no, though they're kids. And this then Colt's, is, the, Colt's the wild card. Right. The wild stallion. You right. Know, the bad boy. And Tum-Tum's the Michelangelo comedic relief. Exactly. Right, yeah. This one, they morph Rocky into a little more... Of just like an out and out, like a square, kind of. They try yeah. and make him a little bit of a nerd. Yeah. It's a weird pivot, and I gotta wonder as that actor who's recast as him, like if you've seen the previous movies, you're like, yeah, what the fuck, man? Like, yeah, what's with this? Why do I gotta wear glasses? Like, what, yeah. What's with this? My favorite, he. It's almost as if someone had watched the other kickboxer i think it's kickboxer but sasha mitchell took over after the first kickboxer for van damme and he remind this kid reminds me of like what they want like let's get a sasha mitchell type martial arts actor looking guy to be the older brother almost as if had the third one been a hit it could have like that he could have done his own thing maybe i don't know um to but, be clear, I like the Rocky in this one. I do too. I like them all. I like and the I Tom love Tom as well. I don't yes. see now I'm having a hard time remembering the previous Tom Tom. Right. He's so I and I do want to go back to the first one. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I'll get back to Knuckle Knuckle Up as well. But yeah. okay. So, so it's baseball season. Yes. Everything's fine. Snyder's in jail. As far as we know. The Indian the I mean, Native American mention him. The Native Americans are safe. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, wait a minute. Didn't they kill? Did Snyder die in the first one, or did he just get like like they took him to jail? I can't remember. One I of the feel two. like it's probably something along those lines. Right. The cops show up and nap him. Their dad comes in at the last minute. I, there's not a lot of it in this, but one of the things I do appreciate is that there's very clearly, clearly Victor Wong stuntmen going on in the first two movies. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Just, and I mean the genius of this one, which I don't remember them doing too much in the previous ones, but of just like once they get to Japan, and even prior to that, they're just they're just in cloaks, you know, their faces are covered. So right. just cue the stuntman. And here was my immediate thought, okay? Because we we I did sidekicks first, mm-hmm. and then watch this afterwards, and I was shocked to say, I think the fight choreography the stunt work Mm -hmm. all of it far superior in three ninjas oh yeah and it is in sidekicks and i did not expect to i I, of course remembered it being like slapsticky because that's what i remember like the comedic bits and everything but it's like but no they do have sequences where it's like no they just like have stuntmen with like the ninja rap mask on so, and it's like, you just buy it. You're like, whatever. Yeah. yeah. These are kids. Cool. And then the, there's like, there's some badass like choreography and it's fairly competently shot. Yeah. And I feel like this one, particularly because they're going to Japan and there's just like, there seems like there's a little bit more scope to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the mistake they made also is they spent 
they spent a lot. They spent basically what the first one made on the second one, right? Which is always you. You don't double the budget. I'll tell right. you that. <laughs> you on the third one. You go yeah. If if well, then you get a Spider-Man three on your hands. Right. That's what happens with that. So no, you just you just notch it up just slightly, but there. I don't know how much of this was actually on location, but it feels like they went to Japan and shot some substantial they, they stuff. They either went to Japan or they went to Toronto. What are they doing? <laughs> for sure. For sure. I don't know. But it has a little bit more scope to it. I don't like I don't recall particularly enjoying the score. I do love the like Native American music incorporated into Knuckles Up, particularly like the scenes where they they dance. The dance sequence, yeah. But the music of this one which I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, this is what, like, you know, 90s J-pop sounded like. Come to find out, they're all K-pop songs. Yeah. Every single one. Mm-hmm. None of this is is Japanese no. at all. I was like, oh, okay. Maybe they did go to South Korea. Maybe. Uh, yeah, you can look up the filming locations. I'm going to. Anyways, how do they get to Japan, though, Gavin? Please explain for the listeners who may or may not have actually... Spent the money to rent this one because I don't believe it's streaming free anywhere. We did have to pay for this one on Prime. Did you just have this on DVD or something? How yes. did you watch this? I have the I have this one on DVD and a two pack with something else. But you don't have all three. No, I don't even know if the third one has a DVD. Why is there not a Blu-ray? Of, I that's of the fourth. Oh, this was an interesting first thing of trivia that popped up. Do you want to hear this? What's that? A number of high-level defectors from the Democratic People's Republic of North Korea have stated that Three Ninjas Kickback was a childhood favorite of Kim Jong-un, now Supreme Chancellor of... (laughs) Apparently so taken with the film that his father, Kim Jong-il, reportedly commissioned a remake with Korean actors. Yeah, do you not want to see that? I do. If somebody, the next defector, can you smuggle it out of there, please? I'm trying to see whether... I don't know if they have filming locations. If you, if you go to the main page, not in the trivia, but there there's filming locations. If you're on IMDb, we can do this later. Do you want to tell them how how they get to Japan, please? Well, no. Well, first of all, they've <laughs> learned that there are four strands of rope. And when they're all working together, there's four strands of rope. They can do... They okay. can achieve is anything. Is four strands of rope like a runner through the series, or is that something that is literally introduced in this one? I think it's four strands of rope a thing. Yeah, I think it's in the first one, and then it's definitely in this one. I don't know how much of it is going into the third one. You know, because each one of them has assuming in advance this is going to be a rousing success. Yeah. So obviously we're going to do another Ninja November. Maybe maybe we'll get to another three Ninjas. Yeah. Maybe we'll bring it up. Okay. So yes, they've discovered their four strands of rope. Go on. Um, no, dude. All all Japan, dude. They shot on location everywhere. Pretty awesome. awesome. Um, well, I assume they did because yeah. they dropped again like twenty mil to shoot this one. Yeah, compared to the budget of the first one, which and I that's think was like this is weirdly 10. like this one falls into the category, and I honestly forgot about it for a little while. This falls into my category of like I want Japan in my movies in the early eighties and early nineties because I don't know what it was like. Right, you know. Like, I have a very good idea what, like, post-war Japan looked like. And I did, you know, when I toured the Edo Museum when I was there, God, almost 10 years ago now, um, it was, I got a sense of, like, this is what everything looked like, this is how they rebuilt after the bomb, all this other shit. And 
it's not really represented in Western cinema that much, like what Japan. There's like five movies the, that do it. So I did at USC. Yeah. One of my film classes I took was a like a cross what whatever you call it. I did it, but I did mine with like Chinese. A du- cinema. It was a dual credit, right? With like a Japanese language course, so it was a language credit as well as right. film credit. And we did a few like basically late 80s early 90s like movies that were popular in japan at the time like adult comedies and dramas Mm -hmm. and i was just like i never because of the age we were when we were there like that sort of stuff was completely off our right if it was not geared towards kids we didn't fucking have you know we didn't know about it right but like tom popo is one that comes to mind that's on hbo max right now if you've never seen it but like that one is all centered around like a truck stop and like the perfect bowl of ramen, and it's a wild fucking movie. It's got so much other like crazy cool shit in it. And that would have but been great alone, for us because of the truck I'm stop like, out, yeah, out exactly. the back of the base. Yeah, yeah. So there was moments like that. But I'm trying to remember a few of the other titles. But we watched some that I was just like, it wasn't, it wasn't quite popping. Like the the movies were okay, I should right. say. And then you see like. Post nineties into I'm thinking like basically like Wong Kar Wai coming in, um, it which is like mid nineties or early like early mid nineties like Chunking Express and shit like that like pushing it in a completely different direction right and then going and, into the two thousands and I know but there's that, I know there's yeah, that in their cinema I'm I'm specifically just thinking for us dumb Americans no, like that's, what we can point to and I'm there's saying. really there's four there's Black Rain. There's three ninjas kick back, Mr. Baseball, and Rising Sun. We watched Mr. Baseball in that class, by the I way. Did, how is and the teacher who was from Japan? Huge fan. Of course, huge fan. Tom Selleck Tom plays. Selleck. Tom Selleck yes. plays baseball in Japan yes. with what's his face, Dennis um, Haysbert. Haysbert. Okay. How do you not? And the coach, the the coach, who is that? He's famous. He was in. Oh, I think he was in Black Rain as well. I can't remember off the top of my head, but yes. I don't I think. think it's a Wantanabe. I don't know who that is. Okay. But yeah. Um, so essentially. Speaking th- of baseball. Right. Speaking yes. of baseball, <laughs> good way to sneak back in there. The boys have a baseball game against the Mustangs. They're the Dragons, right? Yes. Yes. And it's just, it's not a, it's not going well. They, they, they are, they're constantly in this, this like warring state of like, I could slay every child on this baseball <laughs> diamond with my ninja abilities. But as grandpa says, cult, strength and restrain. You have to know, you have to be strong enough to know you're in control of everything and not give into those desires just to just straight up ninja murder everyone here because you're mad. You got hormones. You're, you know, you're right. growing up. And the baseball game pretty much leads to a bunch of hijinks. There's, you know, people throwing, throwing a pitcher, throwing at somebody. There's like, you know, sand in the, um, in the hat. Sand in his helmet. They throw sand in his eyes yeah there's beating up on cold yeah and i at this point i was like hey you guys need to relax and i forgot this catcher total piece of shit yes and the pitcher of the other team mm-hmm. of the mustangs these little shits dude they suck so hard okay yes can um, i love when they get their so clippings. colt's got his like you know his anger issues going with that tum tum's just obsessed with food he is in all of these movies. Rocky He's just is, worried about, let me know when the ice cream comes out. Right. And Rocky is totally talking enamored. about the hormones with Lisa, Lisa DiMarino. DiMarino. <laughs> Lisa DiMarino. Yes. Yeah. 
Which is still a play on the fact that, like, pretty much every movie, they're like, oh, Rocky loves the girl. Exactly. Like, he's into his girlfriend, Emily, that they have the tin can with. Then he likes the Native American girl, Joe. And, you know, all this different and stuff. Same, same in this one. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps it going. I love that runner through all three films. Dude, and when when they're adults in our gritty reboot, like, they, Colt and Rocky can get into so much shit over, like, you always took, you always took my girls. Yeah. You always stole everyone away from me. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be great, dude. Yeah. It's what everybody wants to see. Of course. <laughs> True family drama. Exactly. Just age yeah. it up. And okay. basically, I don't know how this happens, but, you know, sports and movies is a crazy thing. The umpire's basically like, I'm not having any of this. <laughs> We're done. This is bullshit. We're going to come back here in a week, and we're going to finish this. Yes. He, like, lines them up and walks down the middle like a drill sergeant explaining how terrible they are. This and there's umpire, This umpire the, who has been smoking a, a like, cigar, cigar yes. the entire time. And their father, Noah, their father is in line. He is a fucking FBI agent, <laughs> and he is being talked down to by, by this, this shit fucking umpire. Like, that is Dude, the... Rob, we didn't even talk about Farty McGee. The mm-hmm. the kid who just I mean that is <laughs> that is what you're just like oh yeah this is for kids I forgot yeah <laughs> just a nice big long fart joke like he oh, knocks yeah. out the entire stadium yes yeah and so essentially you know it's set that like in a week they're gonna come back and they're gonna finish this baseball game it's too much everybody's got to cool off they got a week so dad has to go out of town on business and you know. FBI business that's not named and um, they find out that grandpa is going to Japan to receive an honor from from this old dojo or somebody that he someplace he used to to live or work or whatever not from kind the of a tournament yeah the, yeah the tournament he's going to the tournament to like because he won you know all that kind of stuff and in all this we get a smash cut to Japan present day and there's some you know veiled assassin that is like not an assassin he's just a thief you know a ninja thief that's taking some sort of object medallion dagger something from this you know he's stealing it and he makes his escape via hang gliding i believe Mm -hmm. yeah so you know long story short grandpa's in japan and the boys realize that like he's he's been in a car accident and he realized that the the people that had come to his cabin and like tried to rob his cabin of something, they they are probably going to go after him in Japan. So they have to come up with uh, ninjanuity. Like they have to figure out a way to get to get to the airport and get to to flight to their parents. Yes. So of course they they call on the phone. They get their tickets. They the classic do, Home Alone two trick. Yes. They um they do all this like you know we're going to clean up real quick, but we're also going to get ready real quick. I mean props again to like. The first one was a riff on the original Home Alone. Right. And now they're riffing on Lost in New York. Right. This is their talk boy. Yeah. Exactly. And so they get that to, you know, they, they fake buying tickets and they basically make their way to Japan to go. No problem. Yeah. No issues whatsoever. Three miners. This, listen, this is a this is a pre-9-11 world. Okay. <laughs> there's no TSA. There's no checks. These three kids show up. They got tickets to get on a plane. Put them on a plane. Here, here's the other thing. Mori Shintaro. Mori yeah. Tanaka. Yes. Whatever his name maybe. Yo, how fucking loaded is he that they could just like 
three tickets one way and then when they come back later and they bring the girl with them like yeah how loaded is he that he's just back nah, and forth see, to japan see, dude i think he's, it's, it's, he's got some like rare exports business listen, going on go, the 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 fair back was obviously paid for by the bad guy and that exchange rate bro that's what that is okay that's that like late post 80s mid 90s inflation boom Clinton's balanced the budget, and we're like, we're living large for a little bit before the dot com era starts. So they got, he got money. Like, I mean, Maury got a place in the in the hills, you know, <laughs> straight paid for. Yeah, he was totally seemingly, seemingly has like you know thirty. Let's be forty real, acres. Just Let's be real. There. He's a fucking yeah. retired FBI like hitman. Like he's just wet wet work. Like we need him. <laughs> Call him in for a couple hits. Keep him around. That's literally, that's literally, that's exactly, why is this, yeah, Egg Shin, dude, that's totally what it is, he was Egg Shin in a previous life, like, okay, how do you think that the mom and dad met, it was totally because the fucking dad was his handler, he was like, oh, I have this daughter too, by the way, oh, really, what's her name, bam, there's the kids, dude, give me the, give me the prequel and the gritty reboot. Let's just take over the franchise. Yeah. Let's see if uh, TriStar wants to part ways. Yeah. Dude, we totally okay. do like uh, a wet behind the ears young FBI agent has to go like wrangle in and deal with this like, you know, this older middle-aged, not middle-aged, not very old. He's not old yet. Middle-aged badass. Japanese badass <laughs> assassin. And it's a, it's an East meets West comedy a la Rush Hour but like the guy doesn't learn anything. Like he just he's just like he doesn't like no, I'm gonna use my gun. Like I'm not gonna use this ninjutsu <laughs> stuff. And you you dovetail into like the romance with the guy's daughter and through like that and learning he realizes like, you know what, like I, I think I could work with this guy. I think we could be a good team. You'll throw in Snyder a little bit as like this was another guy that like was on their radar but wasn't really on their radar. Maybe he worked for the FBI, double crossed him, stole some state secrets along with some weapons. Or maybe it's maybe it's Snyder's mentor. Snyder's on the come up and his mentor is Thomas Ian Griff. Yes. And he's of the actual bad for this movie. Right. But then we know that Snyder's gonna take over. Yes. Okay. Right. And <laughs> Snyder's his son. That's a boom. And at the end it's like, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't respect you, Mr. FBI law man, but now I do. I've come to learn and I would be honored if you would take my daughter's hand in marriage. And it's like, it ends with like them together married and they're going to have kids smash cut to the gritty reboot. And it's like, you know, the big head honcho from the last one, Tommy C. And Griffin still alive. We don't kill him. And he's still mourning the loss of his son, Snyder. And he's a little bit older now. He hunts down. Tom Tom. Right. He yeah. rips out his trachea right. on camera. You realize we show it all. <laughs> you realize you realize that he was secretly funding the uh the the land tycoons from the, the second third movie. Oh my god. It was him the entire time. We do a big like James Bond, it was me the entire time, Blofeld fucking smash cut. And yes, the first scene is literally him like, you know, you know, I don't know his real name. There's Michael it's what? Michael what are their real names? Oh, I don't fucking know. I have no idea. It's Wesley, Michael, Dude. John. Okay. Wesley, Michael, and John. Is that it? It does not matter. They're well, no. Rocky, Colt, and Tum Tum. Yeah, they are. But, like, that's the whole thing. Like, he tracks them down. He, he uses his real government name. And that's how you know, like, shit's gotten real. <laughs> no. Jeffrey, Samuel, and Michael. I think when Tum Tum has his trachea ripped out on camera... 
That's when we're gonna know shit has gone right real. because there will be food like like jelly beans or something that just <laughs> comes course. out. Yeah, yeah. As, yeah, you know, it writes itself. <laughs> He's just a random guy going into a gas station, getting some he jelly has beans. To have gotten like very fat. Yes. I'm thinking he like hasn't a, kept a, he's like vaguely you know kept up thinking? his training. I'm thinking but Bobby he Moynihan. He's winded easily. That's how he's defeated so quickly. <laughs> I'm thinking <laughs> Bobby Moynihan. <laughs> tell me Bobby Moynihan. <laughs> tell me Bobby Moynihan doesn't work for you in this role. It's so perfect. Okay, then like Chris Evans has got to be Rocky. Right. Clearly. Um and who's Colt? It's Barry uh, Keegan. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That yes. works. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Soul. Let's just. Why don't we just go balls at all? Make him Keegan Mike Keegan Michael Key. Let's just do that. Okay. That'll be the new Colt. He'll just be, <laughs> randomly change him to like. <laughs> that'd be perfect. Okay. Uh, we'll get right in that soon. Anyway, we don't have to go through the whole plot, but basically, they end up in Japan. I do want to highlight Nurse Tanaka. Yes. Okay. So I remember watching this movie on VHS in Japan. At one of the very first, possibly the first ever sleepover I had, where I had a friend over. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who that friend was, but I do remember that we watched this. And I don't know if we've ever discussed this one before, but I remembered it right before it was about to happen. This movie has a Dennis the Menace, Christopher Lloyd type moment for me. Right. And so, Nurse Tanaka, who they've already was always just a little scary to me because I I didn't get the comedy of her and mm-hmm. um, Grandpa interacting. I thought I was more just scared for him. She was very intense. But the boys show up and they're basically, they're about to get there and she's, she's like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I can take care of your boys. That's the least I could do. Like, make sure they get to the, the tournament. She's like, my replacement's coming in. Nurse Tanaka and in comes what again my child brain did not process of course is just a very very large Japanese man um, in a nurse's outfit with like crazy pancake makeup on a giant syringe and just a giant like haunting goofy smile yes and again this is, it's a scenes broad daylight mm-hmm. there's a music cue oh yeah pretty pretty terrifying but. That, as a kid, was one of those... I had to leave the room. And I remember, like, whoever my friend was over, whoever, we, they wanted to watch that one, and I was, like, excited to watch it because I was like, oh, I love this movie, and then it's... But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I love this, but there's this one part that's really scary, and I don't like it. I feel and like so I remember that. that. Yeah, that happened, I remember and this I remember happening. I had to, like, go... I had to go leave the room, and I was, like, embarrassed because I, like, had a friend over, but... I and had, you're not old enough to I think, just, like, I just got to get him go to the bathroom. No, don't pause it. You don't... That's not in your purview. You're just like, yeah, I got to get out of this room. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just... Yeah. I was fucking terrified. And so I knew it was coming this time, and I was like, oh, of course, now as, a, as you know, an adult, I get the comedy of that scene. It's actually pretty fucking funny. Yeah. But still, that isolated image of, like, there's Tanaka that he comes through the door is just terrifying yeah. and it's like one of those things that's just embedded in my brain where it's like if I walked into a room and saw a seven foot tall Japanese man dressed in a nurse's outfit I, I would shit my pants yeah and I would run away mm-hmm. in terror yeah so yeah just one of those little tiny 
moments that's buried in a kid's movie that like you would never think of. I think we did an episode on that for an October. Childhood scares, like yeah, about Hook. Oh God, no, don't even talk and, about like, Hook, you know, dude. That's uh-uh. We, but anyways, we talked about weird stuff like that. But yeah, Nurse Tanaka definitely goes on the list there. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so they get to the tournament. They see this badass in white who's kicking everybody's ass. Mm-hmm. Colt somehow just like I could manages take to steal a dude's uh, competition blues and jumps in there. And does get his ass kicked, and then of course the reveal is, "Cooked up by a girl." What? Yeah. What? Um, and then her mom, possibly the coolest mom ever, is like, "Oh yeah, three young American boys. Uh, you don't have a place to stay. Obviously, you can come stay with me and okay. my teenage daughter. Yes, yeah. please." So we get a mom. She's a tomboy. There's... She could, but exactly. But you got to think the mom knows like if they try anything, she could fucking kick their ass. Like right. it's not a big exactly. deal. There's the whole, she sucks at baseball. Right. She's the only girl on her team. Mm-hmm. It's like, we'll teach you baseball. You teach us karate. Right. So we get a montage. Of course. And we got some great, again, K-pop tunes just oh, like yeah. blasting throughout here. I remember some the, solid jams. remember one K-pop song where they're like touring, it might be right when they just they just get to there because uh, there's a robber <clears throat> and Rocky manages to like throw a baseball at him and cause him to like oh yes you know throw the bag and Tum Tum catches, catches it, it. Yes. you're out of course and also the, the nice old lady even... the Sorry. nice old lady lets them ride in her limousine to like fucking view the sights we didn't even bring this up yes that's how they get to the hospital mm-hmm. I had this thought immediately just one of those things that does not occur to you as a kid. There is no possible way that there is a baseball team where all three of these kids are playing. No. The age difference. The idea that you would have Tum Tum, little ass Tum Tum, catching for a a kid like twice his age, essentially, is insane. The only thing I can think of is if it's a Cub Scout League. I mean, yeah, if it's some, or if like it's a church some league. weird, like, non... Or an AAU league that isn't sanctioned. Yeah, but it's just, like, the... Tum Tum should be playing, like, T-ball or kid... Or machine pitch. Yeah. He should not be playing kid pitch. Yeah. He's too little. True. He's dangerous. And he's catching these kids. It makes no sense. Yeah. Anyways. You can argue that the pitcher is his brother. Took so me right out of the movie. Yeah. I'm just... <laughs> let's just be real. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I would have thought get the, into it. After that <laughs> I would have thought the umpire smoking would have done done it for you, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so montage, etc. They're going to present the dagger, right? But well, Sav Shimon, what what is his name in this? I thought it was Koga. It is Koga. Right, but the place is Koga as well. Yeah, right? like he oh, he's like, but he is Koga. Yeah. Like, okay. James Hook is Neverland. But not Kogashuko. No. Nobody wants to party with <laughs> Victor Geisman anymore. <laughs> it's Kogashuko. Dude, the idea that his name was Victor Geisman before, yeah. and then he changed it to Kogashuko, is insane. Yeah. I just, that's the one line I remember Robert Patrick saying, nobody wants to party with Victor Geisman anymore. Okay. My name is Koga <laughs> What? Okay, Shout whatever. out to Satori once again. We're done with that part of the episode, though. Okay. They've said they're going to call home at a certain time. And, of course, 
mom calls while they're in the midst of a, a fight. Right. Passing the phone around. It's a great little bit. And basically, I mean, it slows down for a bit when they get imprisoned in the compound. Yeah. But other than that, we're pretty much into like an extended third act where eventually they find out the the dagger and the sword have to go into this ancient tomb. They find it basically in the final moments. Uh, Kogo realizes the error of his ways, and he's the only villain in the series to, you know, change his ways. Yeah, and they leave his friends. Yeah, on, on good terms, and uh, yeah, the day is saved. There's no real like grand villain or final fight sort of thing because of because of that. But uh, you don't really mind because you know you got the baseball game. Right, which they're my one of my favorite bits, and it's it's one of those things that I always have to remind myself of. Not really always, because I am smart. I do have a college education, but the movie does play on the idea of like, oh wait, it's 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 tomorrow. Like we're it's Saturday here, yeah, but it's Friday in back home. We got to catch a flight. Time you know? differences. Yeah, and yeah. they literally make it like, you know, the 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 smash cut of like, you know. Umpire's about to call this game. Play ball, and yeah. like they they run in, and of course now that they know they've mastered ninja, they they bring the girl back with them, and they've you know just randomly added another player to their roster. Not a yeah. problem at all. Not yeah. Obviously, this isn't league sanctioned, yeah. and uh, she shows everybody up, you know. And when the 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 bully wants to like confront him afterwards, she just like does a straight up flip over him and just like, you know. That's yeah. the end of the movie, right? Like pretty much. Yeah. You just a blackout, and you hear a bunch of you know punches landing, and the the bully being like, "Oh, oh, oh," and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And it truly was. Uh, they kicked back. Yeah, they definitely kicked back. Mm-hmm. They didn't kick back a lot. Like they were we doing a lot of shit in the sidekicks portion, but in the opening of sidekicks, when they do the the lock arms and spin around. Yes. Um. A totally impractical move, but yeah, yeah. I told Veronica that you and I definitely recreated that as children, and she mm-hmm. thought that was very funny. So oh, of we course, should, we should totally try and do that again. Because when you're a child, you can kick just like Van Dam. I mean, 100%. straight up, like one foot in the so air. So much more flexible. Yeah, yeah. And you get old, right? It starts setting in. So uh, honestly, I had a great time with both of these. Uh, they both held up. Yeah. Uh, as far as my, you know, always got my guard up when nostalgia's at play. Especially mm-hmm. with the kid movies, but these these both uh, they, they were fun rewatches. Enjoyed them both, I and agree. like I said, I might go back to the old uh, Three Ninjas franchise. We're gonna work on our reboot script, yeah, uh, and and sidekicks. You know, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, Karate Kid Light, Ultra Light, Natural Light, <laughs> Karate Kid, kid Natural Light. light. Yeah, yes. Natty Light Karate Kid. Yeah, that works. Uh, yeah, definitely not Coors Banquet beer. I can tell you that much. Yeah. Okay. Which is what uh, old Chuck would drink. Absolutely. Any old time like Chuck Milwaukee kind of guy. Yeah, I could see that. Okay. Uh, well, while we have the, the Garage Band actually working in our favor, I don't want to jinx it, but we've got a solid two by two episode. We did an hour and a half. Yes. I'm, I'm pleased. So it's all gravy from here, as they say in the podcasting world. And uh, now we're. <laughs> is yeah. that really what they say? All right. Yeah. When you got it in the can and you can just keep going, it's all gravy. It's all got gravy, it. yes. Uh, <laughs> Much like our Thanksgiving. Actually, there was no, I don't remember making a lot of gravy at Thanksgiving. Uh, I mean, there was gravy and it was very good. Okay. Uh, I, 
good times all around. Good, good stuff. Okay, so it's it's been like a month since we've recorded. We haven't talked about a lot of films in between. Mm-hmm. Wherever you want to start, I'm just going to throw some rewatches at you just to get these out of the way. So, of course, we did Sidekicks and Three Ninjas Kickback because we just did an episode on them. I rewatched The Sparks Brothers, which is now available on Netflix. That's the Edgar Wright documentary on the band Sparks from earlier this year. Uh, one of my favorite movies of the year, and it's on Netflix. So go check it out if you haven't already. Uh, I watched Promising Young Woman for the second time. That was uh, a big one for first. me. It's on HBO. Get your thoughts in just a sec. Um, Titan, another movie that I'll be talking about a lot towards the end of the year. Watch that for a second time. Uh, and uh, revisited uh, another recent Cronenberg uh, a Dangerous Method, the Freud, Carl Jung movie. The hmm. third of the Vigo collaborations, and we got the fourth one coming next year. So, very exciting stuff. Eastern Promises Part 2? Uh, no. Uh, Crimes of the Future. It's a new take on his first, I think his first short. I don't know if he had done stuff prior to that, but it's one of his earliest short films. Hmm. Yeah. Sounds exciting. Agree. Um... What did you think of Promising Young Woman? Well, um, now, you know, a full year late to the conversation, but... I mean, I gotta go check more of her stuff out, because, you know... I mean, Emerald Fennell, the writer-director, has not done anything else. No, 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 the, the lead lady. Carrie Mulligan? Yeah. You act like she... Like you just discovered her. What, what I mean, I, you know, Wall Street. That's about it. Drive? Yeah, I forget about her in Drive. Never Let Me Go, and I love that book. I have never watched it. I saw it was up on... Um, I hear uh, I hear the adaptations okay. Yeah. Um, what were the other big carry... Mo- I mean, An Education with Old Sarsgaard, that was her kind of breakout role. Okay. I mean, but yeah, Promising a Woman was kind of like a comeback, if you will, because she kind of, you know, she kind of fallen off the map a bit there. But the same year, last year, she had... Uh, uh, wildlife, I believe, which I still need to catch. That's Paul Dano's directorial debut, hmm. but it's her and Jake Gyllenhaal. It's kind of a coming of age story, but they're the parents in it. Hmm. Um, yeah, she's been around. This is, I mean, I, I was, I had fingers crossed for her to take Best Actress, but we knew it was, we knew it was Franny's to lose. So right. what are you gonna do? But. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like people have seen it now, so if you want to go spoilers, like, did you expect it to go there? Oh, yeah, of course. I was hoping it would. Okay. Because, I mean, it's full circle. When the minute that you have Bo Burnham, like... Br- maybe the most, Bo ge- Burnham? Maybe the most yeah. genius casting yes. of, uh, in recent memory, in terms of the way it plays on how you feel yeah. about him. And then the turn that that character ultimately right. takes is so... It's as devastating to you as an audience as it is to her. Because you're just like, oh, man! But like, oh, he didn't... Bo, he didn't... He was just, just there. The fact that he was there and he never said anything about it. And he he's... In her mind, he's just as complicit as all these other people who just, like, watched it happen, knew that now, something... Now, my... I will say... Probably my favorite okay, scene, the Connie Britton scene, fucking amazing. Oh, fantastic stuff. Perfect. Oh, yeah. I, and I love that. And now, you well, know. Okay, that, this is what I've talked about most with people after they've watched it, which is I feel like the way it was marketed versus what it actually was, was not a frustration, but a surprise. 
So when I sit down in the theater, I'm expecting this. Essentially, I'm expecting a rape revenge movie. Yeah, we've like, seen a billion of those, and I was, there was like, one "Oh, this with is a riff." The on Eastwood that. girl. The came, Eastwood girl. There was a girl with the last name was Eastwood. I thought. Oh, I. Something she just came out. Something that just came out with her a couple years ago. Keep talking. I'm gonna look it up. Okay. Um, but that's what I thought we were gonna get, and so when the movie opens, and you know, it takes a bit as it builds through. You see her encounters with the different men and these like setup scenarios where she feigns being intoxicated, etc. But I thought it was like she's killing these dudes, right? Mm-hmm. So as the movie goes along, and it's like. No, she's kind of just giving them a reality check and, like, just kind of wants people to acknowledge what they've done or what, what they were contemplating doing. And when they do, a la the, like, the McLovin guy, yeah, they can get let loose. And so you have the Connie Britton scene where it's like, she didn't actually put that daughter in jeopardy, but she uses the threat of it to make her fucking point. And you're like, okay, this is, like, this is not quite what I was expecting, so I'm a little off kilter and i don't know what to expect so when we build to that finale at the bachelor party like in retrospect of course i'm like oh she knew she was never gonna leave there like she you know she, yeah she went there intending for that to maybe mm-hmm. play out the way it did but there's a huge part of me and people in the theater do i mean you could hear a fucking pen drop but in that sequence the extended sequence where she is like snuffed out i just kept what i was like oh just you know you're such a good actress just play dead like just pretend that you're already dead and he'll like let the weight off of you and i kept waiting for like oh it's gonna go in this other direction and the fact that it then makes you sit in it and sit in the dark comedy of like you killed the hooker what is this the 90s yeah like all of that stuff and you're just like oh this is so like gross and funny and like you know darkly hilarious and like i can't believe this is where we're ending up at and then the the grand finale of like you know Everybody kind of getting their justice. Surprise, bitch. I heard a lot of, like, a lot of people who seem to have a more negative reaction, even people who were, like, pro somewhat on the, quote-unquote, like, the politics of the movie had a huge issue with, like, oh, but you can't just have, like, the cops come in at the end and that's the savior because we all know the cops don't actually solve anything in these cases. I'm like, but in the context of the movie, the whole thing is, like, Oh well, there wasn't enough evidence, and there was nobody to speak up for her before. Now she has like cold hard proof, basically. Right. So it's like I, I did. People were like, "Well, that kind of undermines the whole ending." I'm like, I, I, I didn't get. I, I found it satisfying in all the right ways. I thought it totally played. Uh, great visual style throughout. Love the needle drops. Just like great vibes all around. I can't wait to see what she does next. Um, very, very strong debut. Glad you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it on the rewatch front for me. I have a mountain of uh, new stuff, TV and movie wise. But anything you want, anything that jumps to your mind? Um, if we want to go with rewatches, I mean, we don't have to. We can talk about whatever you want. Well, no, I'm gonna. I don't have that many rewatches. A lot of them are, are new. Um, well, give me, throw them out, and I'll see if there's one worth chat. Black Rain. Still need to watch Black Rain. So Never fucking seen good. Never seen it start to finish. So fucking good, man. Um, Mystery Men. Did you, beside note, did you listen to Ridley Scott's I did. Now? Dude, I mean. I fucking so love that dude, man. I thought, I know, for a guy who I'm like, usually kind of like middle of the road on in general, like I've always been like, I prefer Tony. I think Ridley's a little overrated, etc. But 
as an interview, just just a killer dude. Mm-hmm. So so funny and just candid and like, dude's what is he eighty two now? He doesn't yeah. give a fuck. He gives literally zero fucks, and it is so entertaining. MFA, that was the name of that movie. Francesca okay. Eastwood. Okay. It's like uh, Natalie Late something is the director, and it's basically the same thing. But it's like it's like a two years before Promising Young Woman, but it, I think it is that darker. Like I've seen trailers, I started watching it, and it is that whole like, well, it's instead of like that events happen, the actual like event event that sparks everything has happened. It's a <coughs> bless you. It's a here's the. Oh. Here's the event. Here's how it plays out. Here's what happens. Which, okay. take a bit. That's that's another one I was reminded of. Um, yeah, Ridley Scott, man, interview. Dope. Oh, yes. Okay. So Black Rain. Yes, on my list to to finally actually sit down and give it properly to watch. Um, also, seemed like it would be a good two by two candidate. At some point, yeah. So. Uh, Mystery Men was a rewatch. Word. Army of Darkness. Okay. You know, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the news, but we are getting a new, a proper new Evil Dead movie with Bruce Campbell. Apparently. Oh, good. Yeah. Not a TV series. I mean, I, and I did watch all of the TV series during October. Um, I should do that as well. Uh, Waterworld. Rewatch that. I don't that. know why Waterworld's been in the ether, dude, but I had the thought that I need to rewatch it recently. Is it streaming? Where is yeah, it, it popped up on right Netflix. Yeah. It's on Netflix. That's why I just randomly was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on and I'll maybe I'll probably fall asleep. And I'm like midway through and I'm like I mean literally This is this is like this is good. The only shame about it being November now, December, is uh you know, we can only do so many more two by twos before the end of the year. Right. But right there. I'm like, dude, Waterworld? Yeah. And, uh, That'd be cool. Um, I did uh, all three TMNT movies. Okay. And um, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movies. I did a lot of ninja stuff, man. Um, you really, you went all in. I did. On Ninja November. I did. Um, we really Should we make it a thing where next year, next right year, after yeah. October, we're only allowed to watch ninja yeah, movies dude, for sure, one yeah. month? Um, and let me see if there's any others in here. Um, I rewatched Murphy's Law with Bronson. It was on, I think it was on Max. It's a new but, round of Bronsons yeah. all over the place now. Prime has a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only other thing I've been re-watching, um, it's just a bit of TV, I've gone back through all of uh, uh, Boy Meets World. Hell yeah. And I, I'm midway through season five. Sean's dad hasn't died yet. But he's he's on the way. <laughs> it's literally, I, you know what I watch, like, what I watch, because, like, Disney does this thing, they'll do, like, They'll give you a four, and then after four, it's like, now you got to keep pressing this button. Right. And I like it. I appreciate <laughs> it. Because the other night, I fell yeah, asleep. Yeah, you don't want to fall asleep. And, and I jumped ahead, and I was like, wait a minute, I don't remember any of this. And I had to go back to the center, the second center episode, where it's like, okay, we're done with that. We're not going to hear from Turner ever again. And, you know. You said the second center episode. It's a, it's a oh, two-parter. It's a two-parter. Yeah. That's right, because he wrecks at the end of the first episode. Right. And then he's in the hospital. Um, and there's the... And then... But the last one I watched last night before I went to sleep was the uh, the ski the ski lodge trip. Oh, with Lauren. Yeah. Oh, so we should scan around because if there's not a Boy Meets World podcast, I mean, 
What are we doing? We can take it <laughs> season one through three as chunks, but then I think four or five, we start there and we get in you the nitty gritty episode. episode. Because there's some good shit in well, there, as dude. soon as they're out of, I mean, to me, as soon as they're in what you would consider junior high, I guess. Yeah. As soon as they transition out of like the, as soon as they get to the new intro, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The first like non kitty show intro. Right. Those seasons four. Where he's running down the stairs? Basically... Or is it just the blues playing where they're at Chubby's hanging out? That's the blues yeah. stuff playing. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, those you are classics. When, they're, when they first transition into high school and they're just like every episode is just trying to date girls and like misadventures and Sean's the cooler guy and like all of that mm-hmm. stuff. That's all cool. Oh, dude, I love the, the, yeah, the Panga guess... gets your haircut. And he's like, hi. I'm so, 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 I don't have much off of but my hair does this. Yeah. Like just the shit that like. If you're watching that, and I feel like we were removed from it somewhat just because of like where we went to school, but if you're watching that in the 90s, it's, it is high school, it is what you worry about, but it also like totally isn't at the same time. Oh, absolutely. It's this weird like niche show, and it to me it has some of the, like, Alan Matthews, one of the best written TV fathers of all time. You get Bill Daniels in there being, you know, I mean, Bill Daniels. I mean, yeah. Is there and a the, better mentor in right. the history of television? And like, and the, the the shift from, oh, I'm Eric, I'm like the good-looking older brother to like, I'm the Joe dweeb, College, the Joe. a little. Yeah. Well, initially he's just like the all-American boy. Right. And then he's the all-American boy who's a little bit of a dunce, and then by the end of it is a full-on like sketch comedy character. Yeah. And like. I, I mean, love it. It was a perfect. Oh, Will Ferrell is like, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. And I mean, it's one of like watching it now. I, I went through the whole like, I'm 18, I'm leaving. And the whole like, yeah, Eric, 18 years in the same room. And like you, you know, we don't know each other. We're moving out. And I was like, man, that's exactly how I felt when Noah like moved out. It's just, it's weird. It's weird how it like, it connects to so many things, but it also is its own thing. And it's yeah. just this nice, it's just this nice nostalgia that you can just watch, you know, yeah. like it just. You're it, made, literally it, making me want to start to rewatch I mean, like right now. Like I. You know, I, I caught the Witches episode with Candace Bergen and like the 40s episode where they go back in time. Candace Cameron Burr. Candace Bergen. Yes, Candace was Bergen. Never she was the oldest witch. Wrong. Yes, she was. She was like the head witch covenant lady. No, she was. You never saw her. You just heard her off screen. Okay. Yeah. It, DJ from Full House was a witch. Okay. Yeah. Enough said. And then, of course, the end of the episode, he's with Melissa Joan Hart on the on the balcony. And I noticed that the very right, well, yeah, because the very next episode is the '40s episode with the war, yeah, and they had the cat from yeah. Sabrina the Teenage Witch that was like, and I'm thinking like he was moving through every episode of the Friday Night lineup that yeah. night, you know, and even they go like a awesome weird like a really dope meta because they have the episode where Corey wants to hang out with Topanga while she's babysitting and the little kids like it's the Friday night lineup. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, "Hey, the dweeby kids digging himself a bigger hole. You got to come see Corey." And it's like, you know, it's it plays with itself. It knows what it is, but it also like still wants to do something different than the I mean, what other teenage sitcoms are on at that point that are have one have stood the test of time like this and two I mean Culture real. Say by the Bell's done by then. The college years yeah. are over with. And I don't think and there's I mean, another Saved show. Say by the Bell is like, it's like a fantasy land. It's like so. Have you, know, you watched the new? No, I haven't. No, I know. People have told me it's. Oh my it's God, dude. They, they play up the fact that Bayside is this weird, like, you know, it is so. Dude, you have to. The new. They put new episodes up now. I don't know if those are on the premium and they got to wait because for a while it was just premium to watch. 
the first round of episodes they have, and they announced some mid-November we're gonna have they're gonna have new ones. So I don't know if those are behind the subscription wall or not, but just the the idea that like Zach Moore, because that's another one I'm gonna say with my new watches for TV, um, that he they bill it as like he had a seventy dollar parking ticket. And he wanted to run for governor. And he's like, after I married my smoking hot wife, I became a lawyer. And they have him from Franklin and Bash. <laughs> like That's him as a lawyer. And then he becomes Governor Zach. <laughs> huh. And randomly at like a, an event, he's like, why don't you just have all the kids from these, you know, low-end schools just go to Bayside? And he's like, yeah, hey, wait, that's a good idea. Does that guy want to be governor? He does not need to be governor. Yeah, they can do that. It's just, it's, Jesse's like an overbearing, like. Is Haskinson? No. It's literally everybody. They they do no, kindly. No Lisa. No. Bowen. Yes, she is. Lisa's. They make. She makes a cameo. Are they let Lark Voorhees. She's in Paris as a fashion designer, okay. and they are so happy that uh, Screech and Kevin living on are living on the International Space Station. They don't have to deal with all the craziness going on. Oh, that's that's sweet of them. That was They're very nice right of them. After especially after that book the, he wrote, yeah. but um, yeah, no. Zach and Kelly are married. They have a son, Mac Morris. Um. Slater's the fucking athletics director and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of whatever. And it's just like these inner city kids Where's who Tori and all of this. I don't Maybe she shows up. I don't know. Dude, that, That'd I mean, be that's, great. That's the equivalent of like bringing Allie in in season three of Cobra right. Kai is like they bring in Tori. Yeah. Or no, better yet. Stacy? Stacy Carosi? Is that right? Do you really think Leah Remini wants to be on there? Dude. You think yeah, she wants, she wants to be on there. <laughs> she needs the work. Um, she said that Scientology show for yeah. how many years? I know. They just, they do a big job. Like Bayside is this magical place that like just d- hasn't been touched by time because they like, wait a minute, y'all go to a sit down restaurant every day in the <laughs> middle of class. Yeah. Doesn't that cost money? Well, yeah. <laughs> it's like just. You never see them ever exchange any currency with Max. What, yeah. He's in it. Ed, was it Ed? I can't remember what his name is. I don't know his name, but yeah, yeah. he's in it. Uh, but they're not bringing back like Milo or. You know? No, they're not doing deep cuts. Well, that's Good Morning, Miss Bliss. That's not Saved by the Bell. I mean, but that would be deep, deep cuts. Is Haley Mills still alive? She passed away. I don't. I she. I, I don't know. If she's still alive, she'd be great for like Zach's mom, aged up now. Yeah. Um, but they, you know, what they need to do. They need to have it like the next per like Zach has to go actually campaign, and it's Professor Lasky that's running against him for governor. Oh, dude. Tell me that would not be great. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, bring back Lasky. Well, dude, Patrick Fabian, I don't know if you, do you watch Better Call Saul? No. He's been on Better Call Saul the whole run. Really? He's incredible. Huh. He's so good. Yeah. yeah. Well, because I watched the college but I, years. forever, I mean, for literally the first, <laughs> the first like several seasons of Better Call Saul, I was just like, that's Professor Lasky. And then I was like, yeah. all right, I guess it's Patrick Fabian because he has... The other thing that made me go like, eh, dude's got something out of nowhere. It was so far removed from Saved by the Bell, but was Last Exorcism. When that came out, I was like, yeah. he's fuck. this guy's fucking dope. And then he shows up on Better Call Saul, and he like just steadily fucking kills it. Yeah. And I mean. Cannot wait for that show. Yeah. And because I had watched it, and I, you know, in my, in my mind's eye, the college years was a big thing. And it's weird that it's only like 13 episodes. Yeah. Because it feels like I, I felt like I never watched all of them, but as I'm running back through it, I'm like, oh shit, I watched all of these multiple times. Like there is yeah, not. No, you're watching them like on TBS in the morning, and you're thinking like, 
oh, I must have missed a chunk of these. Like, that's right. why I keep seeing the same episodes. Like, no, that's all there is. Yeah, the because when they tried to move them to primetime and they weren't on Saturday mornings, the ratings were shit. And Unless I was, we forget Honeymoon in Vegas, right? Right. Right. Well, see, I was going to go to that, but by the time I got to it, it was like, wait a minute, the actual new one is available for everybody to watch with all the episodes? Hell yeah. And I haven't finished all of the first round, but it's, it's right. you as a fan, you would love it because all of them are producers on it. So I love that they've taken that tone of like, we know this show was like, not like, it was bullshit. Like, it's not right. real, but we're going to play it up as like, in this real world where there are big problems... Bayside is this beacon of like how great we are. Like Slater's openly about like we haven't beaten Valley in like fifteen years, you know. I can't get a person to do this and that. And like the the kids that are coming from the underprivileged schools are like, Oh, this is the time where you like make a speech to me because you think you know me and like you can is change this. Still, is it about the kids? Yeah. Or the, is it it's both. It's like a it's a nice mix. So like is Zach like stopping time or is Mac? stopping time no the the latino girl that moves in she's stopping time to comment on how shitty everybody right okay you know i'll check it out it's it's worth it it's if it's not enough for me to say you ought to like get a premium subscription to it to watch new new episodes i don't know what other shows they have that are only streaming on there obviously halloween would have been a good enough reason to get it but it's definitely worth watching as an original thing that's just on that. So. Okay. Um, while we're in the TV realm, I got a laundry list here, but I'm going to try and cherry pick. Okay. This is how, by the way, this is how long it's been since we've talked yeah. about some of this. Because some of it was pre-Arctober. Right. And we had to put stuff on pause. But I know we both love Reservation Dogs, which I don't know that we ever said out loud after we had finished. I finally got mom to, to, to try and start it. Um also on FX, though, you in between earlier when we were having mic trouble, you mentioned Donald Logue appearing in Three Ninjas Knuckle Up. Right. Do you watch what we do in the shadows? No. Please do, first okay. of all. FX on Hulu. Okay. Three seasons deep. I don't know if you ever saw the movie when it first came out. I watch it like you don't have to have seen the movie you can start the show cold in fact it's probably better if you do because there are some kind of like repeat jokes but not you know it's its own thing at the same time mm-hmm. it's brilliant and the joke won't play as great now because i've already set it up but they're constantly revealing like oh this person's a vampire like this person in the real world mm-hmm. is a vampire and the latest edition of that in season three was Donald Logue shows up and he's basically like, yeah, after Blade, you know, they just kind of jumped me in and I really <laughs> like the lifestyle. So this is what I do now. And he's a, he's a painter. He's paints portraits of like of oh other God. vampires and shit. Um, you would love it, dude. The cameos alone, but just, I got to get, get into that. Just, and I got to get back into baskets. Oh, do baskets is another one that I'm like, yeah, I'm. I think I'm in the midst of season two. I need to get back yeah. to as well. But what we do in the shadow season three was incredible. Uh, Nine perfect strangers, which I wrapped again. This, these are so old. Was, I need to. I need to do that too. I don't even recommend it personally. Really, do what you want to do. Scenes from a marriage on HBO started out very very strong. Still great performances in it, but it was a little bit of a letdown by the end. Uh, why the last man? I did not finish. I know that you did. I believe. Mm-hmm. 
And of course, we know it's not getting another season. Wherever they shop it, if it winds up somewhere, I'll, I'll watch it. If they do, in fact, green light a season two somewhere, then I will finish season one. Yeah. But I refuse to make the investment. In, in the, the words of. Uh, just to have it. It's in the words of the little brother from My Brother and Me, Didi. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> Buzzy Wuzzy he was a bear. <laughs> okay. Um, one of my biggest recommends for you. HBO Max. I don't know if we've talked about it. It's called The Other Two. It started out on Comedy Central, if I'm not mistaken. Migrated to HBO Max uh, for season two, which just like aired several months ago, but we just now caught up to it. Mm-hmm. Basic premise is there is like a new Justin Bieber, essentially, but like Bieber when he started, you know, like 14 year old YouTube singing sensation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. He hits it big. He's about to be the next, like, giant kid celebrity. And he has two older siblings. They're the other two. Oh, God. Um, they're both in their 30s. Um, one is a, a, a an aspiring slash failed actor. The other one is an aspiring slash failed, like, influencer, media sort of person, whatever. Anyways, Molly Shannon is their mom. <laughs> uh, Ken Marino is the, the uh, Beaver Figures manager. Uh, it's one of the best comedies I've seen in in a, in a while. Okay. And well, that sounds weird to say because we're we're gifted with a lot of great comedies right now with Dave and Hacks and Pen Fifteen and lots of other great things. But this is right up there in that pantheon, particularly season two. I love the first season, but I think it takes an even further jump. But it's I mean, and it's got those kind of like inside baseball laughs. Of like, I know this doesn't hit for everybody, but like, it you would me. fucking, yeah. you would love it, brother. Okay. Uh, the other two. That's on HBO Max. Highly recommend. Okay. Um, Midnight Mass, we did manage to talk about during October, so yes. I'm going to skip over that one. I think we briefly addressed Squid Game. Did you ever finish Squid Game? Of course. I finished it the week and I started okay, it. Okay. I can't remember the, if we talked about it in depth at all. I don't think we did. We're way past the phenomenon. I mean, we... We both enjoyed it, but I don't think either one of us were like, oh my God, earth shattering. And I think that's because we've had varying degrees of exposure to Korean cinema right. prior to this. I feel I like think, it is yeah, way I more talked about, like, revelatory for people who were like, oh, this thing just showed up on Netflix and have no right like, context for it. If yeah. You will. And I mean, I just appreciate that, like, you know, most people have like seen it. They may want to talk about it. They want to do it. Nobody's like, I feel like some celebrities are taking it a bit far with like, I've heard people like, oh, they're having like a squid game theme party yeah, and shit like that. People like, completely missing the point. Right. Yeah. And it's one of the, yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's like, read the room. Like, I feel like that's just the easiest thing to say to anybody when it comes to just yeah. shit they can't understand. But it, to me, I've been telling people, oh, you like that? Yeah, really? Oh, you mean the Koreans are making fucking bangers like they've been doing for years? You just <laughs> figured that out now? Right. You know, did you see Parasite? Have you that's seen why, Train to Busan? Have you seen I, fucking... That's why I cannot wait, because I I feel like one of the people who unfairly has kind of missed out on this wave is the incredible Park Chan-wook, who is my entree into Korean cinema, the mm-hmm. old boy and something for Mr. Vengeance, etc. And I just can't wait for him to come back now, mm-hmm. given the fact that like everybody kind of all of a sudden has decided to pay attention to world cinema, at least if it's coming from Korea. Right. And I think he has a he has a TV series in the works. 
and has a new feature coming. And I'm like, that's the guy I need for people to get refamiliarized with. Right. Uh, so I'm very excited for whenever that happens. Okay. Wrapping up TV for me personally, Big Mouth Season 5, uh, I thought was a return to form. Season 4 was a little bit, a little bit of a misstep. Um, I don't know if it's just the fact that it came out in the midst of COVID and I just wasn't in the mood for it. But season five is right back up there with the, the greats of the show. Uh, fun time. Uh, I think I've said it before, but definitely like top two or three post South Park animated shows. Animated comedies for sure. Hmm. Right. I would throw Bob's Burgers into that conversation. And obviously most people would say Rick and Morty as well. But uh, there you go. Succession Season 3 is in progress right now. Uh, that is one of my main holdouts before I make my year-end list because it's going to be in the top 10. It's just a question of where it lands. They are batting 1,000 right now. It is on its way to being a 10 out of 10 season. And the only other thing that's going to sneak in before the end of the year, Pen 15 finally gets to wrap up their season. I mentioned a few episodes back that they did an animated special during quarantine, basically. Uh, but they finally get to wrap their season. So that comes out on Friday, actually. Hmm. Very excited. And new Always Sunny in Philadelphia launches on Wednesday. Those will be on FX on Hulu on Thursday. Very excited for that. Last note on TV. I have watched the Cowboy Bebop live-action Netflix adaptation. And it is. It's okay. Not yeah. nearly as bad as everybody's telling you it is. Um, yeah, if you were if you were going to, I don't know what your plan was, but if you were going to, uh, the new JoJo's dropping on Netflix exclusively next mm-hmm. month in parts because they're doing like forty, they do like they do like forty eight episodes or something, so they're going to get it in chunks. But I know I don't know if you've watched any of the Rohan stuff, but you definitely Funimation has it, FM, FMV, like you could totally find the series somewhere and just binge all I, so many apps seem to realize that like dude crunchy rolls like eating our lunch with the anime mm-hmm. as is like funimation because i know they all have their own separate apps and so as a result of that netflix has beefed up their output mm-hmm. and their acquisitions hulu has probably the best selection right now i yeah. would say of your like classic series and more modern stuff um and hbo max has quite a bit as well yeah, I noticed that. I was kind of Man. happy about that. Um, but yes, that's. I mean, that those are my overall thoughts. I thought they nailed. Like, I mean, people have their varying feelings on John Cho as Spike, but I thought he crushed. Um, I thought the core three and their chemistry really, really worked. My only real for for me, the only thing that really didn't work in the show was a fundamental kind of altering of the structure, which is so much of what's great about the original series is it is very episodic and you have beginning, middle and end. Like we just went on an adventure and now it's over. Right. And by virtue of the fact that this is a TV show and it has a season structure, they're kind of constantly cutting over and building up the villain narrative, Mm -hmm. which I understand the instinct to do because it's like, okay, if we're stretching this out, like let's give a little more backstory, et cetera. But it takes away from the flow of episodes when it's like, okay, we've got our three principals over here off on an adventure, but okay, now we got to go check in with Vicious and what's going on with him. So that shit got a little tedious and frustrating. I think it gets in its way a little bit. There's some wonky, like, 
some of it is very like visually faithful and like pretty mm-hmm. impressive what they pulled off and like you know get touch scratches the surface of that speed racer scott pilgrim right like territory and then other parts felt like you know they were rushed and they, i know there was budget constraints there was covid issues and i had also heard like most of the big effects because they shot it in new zealand most of the big effects people were like working on the new lord of the rings series so i'm like they didn't even have like the top tier guys working on this um all of that said i really and truly hope that it does get a second season because i think they've set enough of a template that now because they've kind of told a lot of the core narrative and story of the original series in terms of the overall arc now i feel like if they get to do a season two it can be more like the original series and we can just have fun adventures every week with these characters we like right um so I, but I, I think it is worth watching regardless of your familiarity with the original series, but I obviously think you should probably watch that first. Um, be a very weird experience to do it in reverse order, but right. I'm sure there's people that are going to end up doing that. Yeah. And it's, the original series is also on Netflix again now. So. Oh, good. So there you go. Uh, that's pretty much it for me on the TV front. I have a giant laundry list of movies, but whatever you want to talk about, brother. All right. So to mix in between the two to kind of transition between television and movies, I'm going to hit you with three. Is it three? One. Uh, yeah. Three docs that I watched. Okay. That I think you would like if you haven't already seen them. I finally watched that Island of Dr. Moreau doc. About uh, the one about the director who yeah. went. Uh, what is it? Island of Lost Dreams? Is yeah. that what they called it? Mm-hmm. Richard Stanley? Yeah. Yes. Watched that one. Pretty um, fascinating. Yeah. Pretty eye opening. Yeah. Kind of like, kind of crazy. Um, I watched um, Rumble, Indians That Rock the World. We talked about it briefly. Off mic. No, no, no. On the previous podcast. I think. Did we? I'm pretty sure we got, we got a bit of that. Maybe I did. Because yeah. I think we transitioned. We were talking about Knuckle Up in the Native American Reservation. I'm pretty sure you mentioned it, but it's on Prime. I watched the trailer for it the other night. I'm going to watch it, but it's about the the untold history of Native Americans influencing all aspects of American music, music, basically. And it's Uh, I'm glad somebody finally made it to take it back and show you. Well, when I saw some of the Talking Heads in it, I was like, Why did this not like Why did I not see a trailer for this four years ago when it came out? Right. Like I would have. This is one of those I would have like. Rented for six bucks. On, exactly. On yeah, I would have been, when it came out yeah. if I knew it was out there. But there was uh, a, there was a. Um, if you ever heard of that, actually, I guess I have four, but the the fourth one really isn't. A, I wouldn't call it a big one. If you've heard of Primal Screen, is it, that the Rodney Asher one? That it's he a did short one he did about Rob the Shutter. trailer for the the trailer for so Manic, fucking or, no for Magic. Yes, the Hopkins. Uh, yes. Ventriloquist movie. Like, that guy, man. I, give him only, all the money to make anything he wants. My only disappointment with that was, I thought it was then going to be a series. Right. I thought it was going to be a series of, diff- maybe not all Rodney Asher, but just different people with like, hey, this thing fucked me up as a kid. Right. Um, here's my history with it. And like other people having the same common story. But yes. I mean, it just great. makes me happy that I never came across that trailer. Yes. That's um, a great little short, though. It's yeah. available if you have a Shutter subscription. Finally, the last doc I watched was A Man Named Scott. I assume you enjoyed it. We have not had a chance Loved to get it. to it yet. You uh, that will is the, love it. The Kid Cudi doc that is now on Amazon Prime. This is the first, you know, 
normally last few years i've been kind of slacking on the dock front mm-hmm. but i got to the point where so many docs had crept into my top 10 movies of the year I, at, I will tell you in advance end of the year i'm going to have a top 10 docs and a top 10 narrative features yeah no yeah i'm gonna I have two separate lists uh because i've seen some pretty incredible things this year but no that is one i need to check out uh, before I finalize my it life. just it makes you it will make you if you don't already know it will make you a firm believer you the listener a firm believer that like one of the greatest artists in to ever do hip-hop at all as far as I'm concerned the talking heads they have in it are crazy I yeah. mean when is the last time you saw Kanye West sit down to talk about someone and not just be uh, it's not himself that's talk that's about something yeah. yeah um, um and weirdest thing of all um, I'm going to spoil this just a little bit for you. You know who like is buddies with him and they are like kind of on the same level in some places. Like they actually know each other and talk and hang out. Shia LaBeouf. Okay. Random. They're in this fuck. Okay. But it, do, it does a good job of explaining who he is, where he came from, what his impact was and why you didn't know that that was his impact. But you know, that's why he, he is who he is and what he is. And just, it, it was, mm-hmm. it was, I thought I was going to watch it. I'll probably get into it for a little bit and be like, okay, this is kind of, you know, so it's a lot of like servicing itself to like make it, but it's totally like, a, you know, there's some certainly sometimes in there where he's like, nah, I'm not going to talk about that. And you mm-hmm. want to know, and you want to figure out, well, what is it? Like, but you don't, but you still come away feeling like you understand what it is. And I, that's probably one of my favorite documentaries I've watched in a long time. Oh, yeah. Man named Scott. It's on prime. All right. That is the last of my docs. I've already done my rewatches, so everything else from here on out is brand new. Well, new to you, but yes. Well, like, yeah, new to me. Okay. I've never seen it before. Uh, we're going back a bit. I watched The Nowhere Inn, uh, starring St. Vincent and Carrie Brownstein. Uh, interesting little indie movie. I have, to have a reasonable amount of fun with it. Uh, did you see Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings? In theaters, or did you wait for uh, old Disney Plus? Disney Plus. Okay. Caught this one in the theater. Mm-hmm. What'd Be- you think? Beautiful. I thought it was Fucking great. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I had heard prior to going in, like, some criticisms of the CG, particularly fuck. in the third act. Get the fuck out and of here. on the big screen, did not experience that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, especially compared to the other Marvel movie that just came out. Did you, have you seen Eternals? Nope. Don't plan on it. Are you just hard passing on that? No, I mean, look. On uh, principle? Yeah. You're going to sit around and you let Thanos. with the Chinese? You're going to sit around and let Thanos do what he did? Come on. It is a little hard to swallow, dude. There's a lot of stuff that's hard to swallow in that movie. Um, I had, yeah, I had a lot of issues. And the more, it's one of those, the more I think about it, the less I like it. And I didn't like it much to begin with. Um. I mean, poor thing for her, her first big movie movie, right? Yeah. I mean, but at the same time, I appreciate you taking a break from the mold. I appreciate you doing something different, shooting on location and making everything look great. And I'm sorry you had to be the one to be the cross the bear and the one to be sacrificed. But but, that is, I mean, that is one of the biggest things is Kevin Feige just like jerking himself off over like sunsets. I've never seen her. She's she's putting stuff on camera I've never seen before, and it's like yeah, well, yeah it's because you guys it's not shoot a green everything. screen. You guys yeah. shoot everything in a box. But here's the thing: 
they still put a bunch of CG garbage in the frame, dude. So it's not like you get to appreciate any of her set of photography. Mm-hmm. And it just ends up looking like a lot of other fucking superhero movies. Um, I had a lot of problems with Eternal. Shang-Chi, on the other hand, I thought was a total fucking blast. Exactly what I want from an origin movie. Um, oh, no, that's the thing I love. It's like Tony Leung, one man, of my favorite villains. Alan, in the come on, run. man. Yeah, dude. I, I love There's so much that man does with his fucking face. Oh, 100%. Without saying a word. You're just like... Oh god damn it, man! Yeah. Like you, you totally get it, and it's like, I love that they 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 clear up the whole thing with Ben Kingsley, and he's got yeah. like a he's got like a little he's got a little furry friend thing from this magical land, and it's like there's beats with him throughout. He's <laughs> like, I, when he talks about like, I remember the first time I you know was whatever it's like 1968 Planet of the Apes, and I told my mom you know <laughs> like. Why do they get those, those apes to do that? It's, it's, it's just acting. Oh, and I realize if those apes could act, imagine what I could do. It's like it's so fucking. It this doesn't belong in a Marvel movie. It means nothing to the story whatsoever. But God damn it, is it perfect? And it, it clears up all the stuff about who the Mandarin really was, supposedly all that kind of stuff. And it's just a really good movie. Yeah. And it's like the action sequences. I mean, you know. All in there, and that's the thing I love. Is like, and I hope they do more of this. Of is he's it's not an origin story. He already is Shang Chi, right? You know, it's just like by the way, I'm not like public about it. Yeah, like you right. know, but no, I thought from a pure action standpoint, I think it's a huge leap forward in terms of incorporate. I mean, there was like wushu style, like mm-hmm. you know, crouching tiger shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that opening. Like the two of them fighting, fight oh my god, in the beautiful. garden. I mean, that's like an anime sequence come to life. You want to talk about live action anime? Yeah, we're talking about Bebop a minute ago, but um, yeah, I I actually need to rewatch this one on Disney Plus because this was, I mean, yeah, as as the recent spate of Marvel movies go, this is up there for me. Well, did you watch? Did you watch Black Widow? I have not yet. No. Oh my god. Okay, I'll get to it. No, no, it's it's. Yeah. I need to apparently because I'm so I'm watching Hawkeye right now. I haven't started. Um I'm gonna wait till And it is <laughs> I'm not even gonna say it is what it is, like it exists as a thing and I am observing it. But yeah. I don't have any investment whatsoever in this show thus far. But I've I have heard and I think this has also been teased that Florence Pugh is definitely showing up in the show, so I need the context of Black I mean, I Widow to you know, don't spoil it for me. Right. I'm gonna watch it. I'm just saying. That's David Harbor does a really to... David Harbor does a really good job. It does enough of an emotional hit it, to know like with what it does with the movie, the way it ends it. It does enough for you to be like, well, damn, knowing what happens to her. Okay, and it it still manages to like she fucking steals that entire movie. By the way, I mean. She, like, yeah. you should give that $25 million you lost to her. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, seriously. Disney should split it. Give half to her and half to you. Because I'm not saying she needs to go to the, the hospital because her back's broken from carrying the movie. But it's really close. <laughs> David Harbour's great. You know? Okay. As always. I couldn't, you know, it is what it is. I think it's it's one of those that if you could have put it just right after, right after Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Slip it in right there. So that when she 
goes in Endgame. You have that emotional punch. And I know that you, you had to put out Captain Marvel because he's calling Captain Marvel at the end of Infinity War. I get it. But instead of shoehorning something else in between, if you could have managed to release it then, I feel like it packs may, way more of a punch. Right. And it allows you to say, okay, we, we did that movie with you. We've got this one out now. In the future, we'll come to you if we want to reboot. If not, well, you know, you're you're done with with us. You want to re-sign a contract to come back for more movies? You're more than welcome to, but it's going to be on our terms. But that being said, movie is definitely worth watching. And I'm waiting on Hawkeye because, as far as I'm concerned, somehow or another, it's like the, the one post i read on twitter said it's like disney took a gamble on a guy with a hot streak back in the early 2000s and he is where he is now somebody saw him in hurt locker they saw him in one other thing besides that the town the town and they were like he had a really good year like really good hot street very start of the 2010s and it maybe if you'd have waited to see what that born movie did or was the born movie before those it was like, after those right maybe if you waited no, to that see was what, what he got afterwards and they were like Oh, maybe you can be born. Uh, maybe you can be new Ethan Hunt. Oh, no, and no. Yeah. Um, I have very complicated feelings about Jeremy Renner. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like him in other stuff. Full full 180 from a guy who, in the Hurt Locker era, I was like, this is the guy. This is my new dude. This yeah. is my new Colin Farrell, if you will. Yeah. Um, complete 180 to now I am utterly indifferent to pretty much anything he puts out in the world. Right. Um, and I also think that, personally, he seems kind of like a piece of shit as a human being. But uh, that's just the vibe I catch off of that dude. Yeah. Don't, don't Feel free to join us on the podcast anytime there, Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, we can have a chat about Sorry, your Mr. Renner, spousal abuse claims and uh, your country music career and your house flipping endeavors. And Is he from Boston? I no, I don't think so. Well, I've see. I only judge people who are from Boston based off that one Super Bowl commercial about the Hyundai with Smart Pack. So, like, I know that like Krasinski's from there. No, I think he's just good with the accent. But okay, no, I don't think so. Anyways, so yeah, Black Widow would have been been that's what new one I watched that you didn't watch. Got it? Yes, um, a new one I watched that you have not watched. Titan. Which I meant to tell you that I rented again on Prime, so you can like watch it. T E T O N. You took French class. T I, T A, N E, Titan. Oh, I thought French you were gonna... for titanium. Okay, I thought you were talking like Teton, like. No, you know. not like the Tetons. I'm being a pretentious fuck and calling it Titan. Titan is how most of us Americans <laughs> would pronounce it, I suppose. And this is about the Mad Titan Thanos? No. Oh, we're not in the Marvel War. Okay, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, we're not. We're trying Whoops. to transition out. Okay. So what's it about? Um, 